At the end of our last session, we saw our intrepid heroes leave the Frozen Fang, the mountainous domain of ancient white dragon Thraxenhow, in an airship they had hastily constructed, uh, fleeing with a number of refugees from the Sunset House. Uh, not all of them. They were not able to save everybody, and in a valiant effort to allow the weaker, more infirm, and the young to leave the guild hall, many of the able-bodied monks of the Society of the Silver Sky actually um, stayed behind and took the fight to the army that was rushing the guild hall. So they left the the bright area of the Sunset House and kind of rushed into the shadowy mist around it to um, prevent any kind of incursion from making it to the airship. Yes, Fox? Does this include the mountain? What do you mean? Did he also go and fight with the monks or did he no the mountain is with you okay the mountain is with you um always we i believe we established at the table that the mountain bradford street and mockery all left on the airship so um it would be besides them and radford actually tried to stay behind and sol fenega um told him no you need to leave and protect the others and whatever and so Radford went back to the airship and left. However, uh, on their way out, at the end of the last session, we watched Bruiser. Um, Bruiser and Bradford Street able-bodiedly manning the helm, or I guess badgering the helm of the airship, <laughs> uh, piloting it through the blizzard that permanently envelops the frozen fang, leaving the airship to safety. What we did not do was watch our founders, Jeb, Allen, and Fox. And... Uh, our founders actually leapt back off that airship and using either parachutes, ropes, or just diving because they're really cool that way, they actually navigated down the side of the mountain nearer to the ground level where Thraxenhow was. Uh, Thraxenhow, at the end of the previous session, this is a big deal, so I'm going to make sure to point this out. At the end of the last session, uh, Thraxenhow died in exposition, and chat used GM Take That Back. And in doing so, chat may have saved the entire campaign. This is true. Because the reason the three founders stayed behind is because they need a Frozen Dragon's Tear to complete the Cataclysmic Ritual, the whole point of this quest that they've been on for two real, like, real-time years. Uh, they need a Frozen Dragon Tear to do that. And by saving Thrax and How Chat made that technically possible still. Unlikely, but possible. When we left Thrax and How, that ancient white dragon was at the base of the mountain fighting the bulk of the army. Those who were... Um, uh, so if we recall, at the base of the mountain, there is a ring of trees called the Darkwood that's really tightly packed together. So you can't get siege vehicles. You can't get larger creatures through there. And so individual entities were being sent up the mountain to attack. The bulk of the army is still at the base of the mountain. And that is why um, Thraxenhow flew down there and kind of took the fight to them. We saw him engaged in a fight with three uh, basically dark dragons or shadow dragon creature type things. Um, we're fairly confident that they are similar to the other shadow creatures. So they're, they're not full dragons. They've been crafted from the energy of Limbo. Um, but we haven't fought them, so we don't know that for sure. But anyway, we saw that happening. Um, and we did not watch the founders. And so we begin today's adventure zoomed in on a tiny rock behind Thraxenhow, uh, at the, you know, on the mountain at like the top of the tree line. Right. So he's an ancient white dragon. He's probably 90, a hundred feet long and he rears up on all, all fours. He's probably even taller than that. Right. 
um, and or on his hind legs, he's taller than that. So somewhere behind him, as he's facing off with these three dragons, the army arrayed in front of him, glittering torchlight being lit now or by the the orange glow of the sunrise as the night comes to a close. Off in the distance, a little airship sailing away, um, being piloted by Bruiser with Gunner on board. Um, behind that little rock, trying to figure out what to do, we see. Uh, Owlin, Fox, and Jeb, I would love for the three of you to describe how you got here, what your cool hero entrance was to this moment, uh, and take us into, into into what that scene looked like. Okay. So, without a doubt, right, Fox, when he went down this mountain, uh, decided... This is why I lost the leg. It was for this moment right here. And so he starts sliding down the edge of the cliff face and puts his fake leg forward, uh, which, as a reminder, has been customized and made as a blade, but as, you know, obviously an awesome replaced leg. And, Wait, is, uh, is Fox using it as a like a like a sled rudder? Yes. So like a, Let's like a, go. That's insane. <laughs> and it's it just sliding down the mountain uh, with with this. Uh, probably probably going to need a touch-up. Zooming you know, down the mountain, ice chips, you know, <laughs> blasting you in the face as you kind of carve a little furrow yeah, in, the, like, in the ice on the side of the mountain. Not enough to blind you or anything, but just kind of whipping past, you know, knocking yeah, your yeah, hair yeah. in motion. Fox has a little bit of like a billowy red tunic, or at least he did last time we talked about what he wears. So it's probably getting kind of pushed back upwards, you know, by the wind of, of his descent. As he's zooming down, Owlin, what is what is Owlin doing in, in parallel with this? <laughs> um... Alan uh, basically uh, is trying to kind of do a similar thing, like kind of like skid down the mountain, um, as opposed to Fox looking really like cool, like skating down very sleekly, very awesome. Alan is like kind of looks like uh, like an animal, like a bear trying to dig its claws into the mountain. Like Alan's just trying to use raw strength to break his fall slowly as he goes down, but it comes across a lot more like just like brute strength, not very cool looking, but just practical. Like, just like, oh, okay, grabbing onto this, you know, like using this to break my fall um, over time. And then when he gets closer to, if there's ever ever any point where it feels like he's about to like take a little bit further down, like like not really have as much contact with the mountain, he'll rage and um, use that to like kind of help keep any bludgeoning damage from the, hitting the mountain again. Awesome. From, from burning him. I'd uh, like to imagine halfway down, a boulder rips in your hands, separate <laughs> from the mountain, and you just start sliding that oh. down. <laughs> I, I'm really curious at what point down the mountain, after having committed to this strategy, Alan remembers the sled he bought from Duffin. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, um, so it fell off the side of the mountain when Jeb and Fox were getting there. Could he have true. found it? And like, sure, yeah, he lives on it last time. That's the boulder that he rips off the wall is as he's ripping that boulder it dislodges the sled and Alan can rage and that, yeah he, and then he's like all right i'll grab it and and, and that's slide amazing that the way down. Uh, okay so Light we've got wire. we've got fox slicing his way down uh using his leg as a rudder we've got Alan just like hulk raging his way down you know carving <laughs> this huge hand-sized gash in the face of the mountain what's jeb doing so radford 
is is Radford with us, or is am I just uh, playing Jeb tonight? I'm pretty sure we sent Radford with the airship, but okay. I'll let you make okay. the call. We only watched Bruiser at the end of the last session. <laughs> no, 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 you're good, you're good. So, so Radford would have stayed. He would have he would have respected that. Um, Jeb is holding on to to Fox just like by his collar. And it's just like <laughs> flapping in the wind behind him. And he's just like in, in his in his mind, he's like holding his hat with one hand, holding the collar with the other, and he's just saying to himself, When we go off the edge, we're gonna fly. Well like I, I gotta save a spell slot, but if we go off the edge, we're gonna fly. We're gonna fly. We're, we're, it's, it's, surely we're not gonna go the whole way down. Uh, eventually we're just gonna fly. And he's just like, oh snap, oh snap, oh snap, oh snap, oh snap. <laughs> he lets go of his hat and mage hand grabs it and plants it back on his head. <laughs> That's amazing. Aww. So these three heroes are just zooming their way down the mountain. You finally come to it as control to stop as you can manage uh, at, at the top of the dark wood, the, the, the space where the trees kind of empty out into the more barren cliff face of the icy mountain itself. And so from this, this perch, you're able to observe the battlefield. And as we said, Thrax and Howe is facing off against these three dark dragons arrayed in sort of a semicircle around them on the ground are a number of siege engines, uh, tents from the army camp, other kinds of like soldiers and infantry, and one more of those huge cast iron 500 by 500 by 500 structures is kind of at the back of the army there. Uh, Fox has a hand up. What's up, bud? Uh, wow. The second you, you said my name, I just forgot it. It was very important. It was related... Oh, yeah. Wasn't the Dark Forest on fire? Yes. The Dark Forest is totally on fire. Uh, you are still... You're above it. You're not in it. But yes, you're right. That forest is burning. Uh, great ad. Um, and so there's kind of like a haze of smoke wisping up around you and kind of obstructing your view. Um, not in such a way where you can't see what's going on, but definitely in such a way that you would have advantage on any kind of stealth checks you made from up here. And certainly with uh. Frax and Howe right in front of you, nobody has seen the three of you. As cool as your entrance was, nobody was there to see it. Oh. <laughs> Except for the chat. Chat Except was there to chat. see it. All right. Well, well uh, I think it's great that we've gotten here, but I think we really need to consider what is the best strategy to actually gain a tier in this scenario. I saved a spell slot. I didn't. I didn't use fly. Thrax and Howe, who's been reared up on his hind legs, kind of roaring angrily at the dragons, drops to all fours and begins kind of crouching. He's ready for the pounce. As he does that, you hear the distant roll of thunder. Um, the the blizzard above is beginning to spread down the mountain, almost as if in Thrax and Howe's rage, he's kind of losing control of the storm that surrounds the mountain. And so that, uh, that blizzard is beginning to not only cease to ring the mountain, this is the first time maybe ever that people have been able to see to the peak of the Frozen Fang, it's beginning to spread. And we'll come back to that when we check in with Bruiser on the airship. Um, but for the moment, what it means is that all of you begin to see hail fall. Um, and it's uh, not this again. <laughs> where you are on the mountain, it's not hitting you. But where the soldiers and Thraxenhow are at the base of the mountain, they are like fully in the blast of hail. Thraxenhow seems completely unbothered. The shadowy dragons begin kind of pawing the ground a little bit and, and you know, looking agitated, um, still kind of staring down. It's almost like um, in a Western where like everyone has frozen and they're waiting for the first move. Um, 
as that is happening, Fox, with your perceptive roguish eyes, especially with the convenience of having the dawn light coming up. And so there's almost like a shaft of light just going across the battlefield, illuminating all of the shiny armor and weapons and things like that for you. You notice that there are a number of humanoid creatures that are sneaking away from the army to the base of the fire on to the left and right, like to the base of the mountain. And they appear to be trying to flank Thraxen Howe and make an approach from the left and right. There are three of them on each side. And as you're watching them, you notice they've got a number of larger ciphers with them, like devices that would need to be planted on the ground and then you would activate. You don't know exactly what they do, but they're you know like kind of tripod-shaped almost, where you like okay. spike it or impale it into the ground and then there's some device on the top of it. All right, guys. Listen, I'm not sure what our plan is here and how we're going to help a dragon fight three dragons, but I do know one thing. Some sneaky little sh- are are moving around, and we need to stop whatever's going on. I I pointed out. I I need a couple minutes. Do like do we have a plan? Do we? As you look uh, at the battlefield in front of you, you're pretty sure that even if you did nothing, um, because those creatures are trying to flank Thraxen Howl, like it's going to take probably ten minutes for everyone to get in position and be kind of ready to like for battle to recommence. Um, the dragons are still sizing each other up, and so you're kind of in that calm before the storm moment. I mean, uh, we, I, I, I think we need to stop at least one side from completing whatever. I, yes, I, I believe that uh, the best thing that I can think of right now, we can't exactly approach Thraxenhau right now and say, hey, we need you to cry for us so we can have a little tear. We need to make sure that he survives this battle um, and and do what we can to aid him so that way we can get maybe what we garner need. a favor from him exactly um and so i agree with fox the best way to do that is to stop whatever these men are doing over here and also uh if what i if what fox you describe is correct then they may have some sort of siege weaponry that we can turn against them perhaps aim at the opposing forces um but yes, well, I, I think I think we have a couple minutes. If what if what you do, Jeb, takes about five minutes, then I think we're still okay on time. I just, I just need one minute. Know. Well, then yes, I, I think you're okay. All right, I and can, I start scribbling in the ground. Okay, I can stop one person. I I can turn one of us invisible, or I can do that either one of those a second time. But that's about it. All right, and. Other than that, in this situation, I don't think I I could incapacitate somebody. I mean, if you could just do that for the whole army, that would be great. (laughs) Incapacitate them all. (laughs) I mean, we we can all just do what we can. I know that we're kind of at the end of our ropes here as far as we're we're very tired. We've been up for almost a whole 24 hours straight. Um, Okay, okay. If Is we it... can figure out what one of those ciphers do, right? Yes. I think you're right. Maybe we can redirect it towards one of those shadowy dragon things. Yes, I agree. I think that that should be priority number one. Uh, All right. Well, although I would love to see what you're working on here, Jeb, as well. This is a contingency. This is this is not to help. This is to keep everybody from dying. All right. This is like, because that out there, that's a lot and I've been racked. Well, I was I was going to rack my brain all the way down the hill, but um, or the mountain, but I didn't have much time to think about it. Uh, but well, I think what we that's... should do after, after after you're done with that, we should immediately move on one of those groups. As um, the... is one side particular closer to us, 
Uh, no, equidistant, because you're right behind Thrax and Hal. Okay. Um, as you are trying to decide what to do next, up in the air, piloting the airship through um, the, the finally clear skies on the other side of the blizzard, Bruiser is standing next to B Street, Bradford Street, and kind of showing him the ropes with the controls. That is correct. And so... <clears throat> Yeah, if you just pull this lever when this happens, that'll make the ship go this way. So, so if I just go like that, whoa! I, I'm, t- I'm not touching. I didn't do it. What, whatever that was, I didn't do it. Easy, everything. You got a small move. Probably, small probably movements. they bumped something. I think. No, no, it no was, it's okay. That's okay, why we're doing this. All right. So if I, so if I just, if I just like this, it, yeah. it's turning. It's turning. Yeah. There okay. you go. How do I go the other? I just turn the other way. It's going the other way. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> He's got, you know, his lumberjack axe is kind of slung across his back in a sort of weird, um, like almost like a, a, a sword scabbard that goes on your back that he's kind of, he's had to make it himself so that it fits between <laughs> his wings, you know, and it nestles properly. Um, and, and then my phone rang. Uh, uh, so anyway, so he B Street, not while you're driving. I know, it's against the law. Don't do that while you're driving. Um, so so B Street is learning the controls. He says, "Okay, so why why am I having to drive again? I feel like that storm is catching up to us." And sure enough, as you look backwards, the the blizzard seems to be expanding uh, that you just wove through. Now it seems to be chasing chasing you again. So um, these these rods are very important, and it's important that I attune to it. Is like. I guess as quickly as possible as to uh, aid us in our future endeavors. And this is like the safest time I I think I have to do it. And so if you are comfortable driving the I am the not airship, comfortable driving the airship in a blizzard. Uh, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Do you want me to get someone else? Does anyone else know how to drive? I want you to drive it. You just did this. I did, but this I have to attune to this this rod. I don't know how long it'll take. It could be 15 minutes. It could be 15 days. Who knows? That's not encouraging. Where am I supposed to go? Where do I take the... How much fuel do we have on board? Does this um, thing have fuel? <laughs> I don't think it does. We We just have the thrusters, but we're not like relying on them 100% of the time, so it should be fine, and we're dropping them off at Gaim. But aren't we supposed to pick up your your other guys somewhere? Oh, yes. We're rendezvousing with the Cypher truck. I, I really don't know if I should be driving this. <laughs> um, out of game, guys, we picked a rendezvous spot, right? Yeah. Totally. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Okay. So yeah. it's, it's, well, you can just point at it on a map and then we'll yeah. go there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That spot that everyone agreed on and picked, right? They're in uh, one agreed spot that we all discussed ahead of time. Yeah, they're in they're in Stonefield, right? Uh, right. Sure, That's sure. totally yeah, where uh, you picked, right? Yeah. Uh, Are you yeah, sure it was Stonefield? Yeah, we picked Stonefield. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Right, I mean, Stonefield. I don't if you have a look right here at the map, there, I'm pretty sure you picked right right down there in Stonefield. I, I think yeah, I remember. Yeah, just the tumbleweb. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, Pretty sure I remember you all talking about that. We went through there. See, that was our previous rendezvous point where the Dragon L came down 
and met Fox and Jeff. Yeah. You know, that's where we rendezvoused. So that's the rendezvous point. Right. Yeah, and so that's, which is, of course, why you chose we, it again. Yeah. When right. we said rendezvous point, we were just like, yeah, everyone knows it's Stonefield. So we yeah. didn't feel yeah. the need to say it. Right. I was yeah. just trying to help chat. Stonefield is up. an anagram for rendezvous. Yeah. <laughs> they're actually, all the same letters are in there. And, if you yeah. use Draconic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, it's ambigram so and dr- Draconic. We're, we're going to rendezvous at Stonefield. So that is the direction we're heading. Um, Which I direction is... How do I find it? <laughs> so Zero I'll, visibility. There's <laughs> visibility. It's a um, blizzard coming for us. What if the blizzard gets past us? So part of the, the steering mechanism we have is a, is a compass. So this will... <laughs> tell you which direction that you're you're going or not going essentially this directions um, west west this directions east okay and so if if we look at the map and see that stonefield is southeast of um thraxenhaus domain then we need to have like adjust the ship to be heading in that southeasterly direction Okay, so those are all words that you said, and I know yes. what those words mean, but I don't know how to do them in a blizzard. As he says this, the ship begins shuddering as the as the blizzard begins kind of expanding over you. I'm going to add another tension die to the pool. I'd like to imagine you're like, just head southeast, and if you look at the like the dial <laughs> and the steering wheel, it's all measured in degrees. Alan's <laughs> <laughs> like... done it in the metric system or whatever. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> um... I mean, uh, I guess it depends how strong the blizzard is. Um, But it's the same thing whether you're in or outside of a blizzard. It just might be a little bit... You have to to stay firm on the steering wheel longer. Harder. Fight the the blizzard. How, how, How does one fight a blizzard? How am I supposed to do that? Well, like if if the wind is trying to push you off course, you just correct in the other direction. Okay, see, that's another one where you're saying words that are correct, but I'm surrounded by like controls in an airship, and I don't like what I don't I don't fly thing I don't even drive things. <laughs> okay, here's your clutch. So, so. Here's a reverse. Hey guys, what's going on up here? Is everything okay? I heard some. I can't. Heard some. Uh, I'm I'm a little around. concerned that that. The, the, our one person who knows how to fly this thing is going to just leave and like take a nap. It, it's not a nap. It's very important business. Oh, is it is it, very important in business. Business. Are you are you working with with Bradford here? Yeah, I'm trying to uh, show him how to come here, Bradford. I think I think you'll also be able to help. Okay. What's uh? What's uh? Ooh! If I push that, it goes to the side. Oh. Yeah, there you wait, go, wait! Radford. I think I think that's too far, and it like begins listing. It's like we got um, we got to turn it back the Bradford, other way. Don't do that! Don't do that, Bradford. <laughs> okay. I didn't. I'll, I'll I walk, didn't do it. I'll walk you guys through through the controls again. So you see this lever here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This controls left and right. Bradford holds up his fingers. <laughs> oh no, Bradford's intelligence okay. is not high. It's <laughs> not good. And then this lever yeah. over here controls the, the pitch. So up and down. The pitch? It's not singing. Oh. It controls the up it controls the up and down. 
Okay. Yeah. Radford like starts scratching in the wood, like real, like in dr- draconic <laughs> symbols of like up, <laughs> down, left, like very yeah. simple. Yeah. Um, and then you have an the arrow. Thrusters, Radford thrusters roll an here. intelligence save to see if he puts up and down in the correct order. Oh no. He rolled a two. <laughs> he definitely yeah. labeled them backwards. Okay. And then uh, does this bu- speak draconic? No. Or no draconic? No. Oh, God. And neither okay. does Bradford, so neither of them knows. <laughs> no, I don't know draconic. Um, and then this button here is thrusters, so this is how it will go up, and it'll give you a little bit of a boost. I thought this two. one was for up. Right. Well, that controls like the, the back fins that will change the lift. Oh, so the ship using the wind. Wait, so what? So, so if the, why are there two ups? Uh, one is more forceful, and one like like one is controlled up. Like we force it to go up. The other one is controlled by the wind, and so if we're not going fast enough, it won't adjust it as much. We got it. (laughs) You just go ahead and. and I don't think we've got it. It'll be fine. I really then, don't. Maybe it'll be fine. I really don't think I, it's gonna be fine. And then I pull out the map. Okay, Radford. I know you can't read anything. <laughs> oh, I know here. maps. Yeah, <laughs> Believe we're, you we're going. We're trying to go here, and we're here right now. Okay. So, um, we need to go like southeast, but more east than south. I just. From, I just okay. want to know. For the audio listeners right now, that may have seemed like you missed something when he said we're here. And we need to go here. I want you to know the map flashed on screen, but there was no indications of either of those <laughs> no. things, and so well, visuals just as lost no, as the audio. I, I will say that I appreciate the fact that Trevor said here and here, which means that Bruiser pointed to the map yes. as opposed to saying the word Stonefield, which Radford cannot read in common <laughs> on the map. So yeah. he knows the point. This is this is a good thing. This, this is, is important. Is, true. Yes. Yeah. Okay, got it. We're on um, here. He likes scratches. Let me mark it here. Okay, we're going this way, and we're facing which which way are we? We're currently heading on the heading map right in, now. We're we're heading in the right direction. We've probably been driving for what, like fifteen minutes, if that. Okay, so there's the sun. We'll keep the sun there, and well, the sun it. is gonna the sun is gonna move. We need to stay on the same course. No, I mean, in relationship. Don't worry about it. I got it. I don't think sure? we. I, I really am not outside. confident that we have it, man. I don't. I think between the two of you, you got this. What's the worst? It's just that's like traveling happen? the countryside, but faster, and a billion feet in the air. It's fine. As you the blizzard finally turn, reaches the back edge of the airship, and like for real, hail begins thundering on the deck and the roof of the little um, the the cockpit that Alan constructed. That like icy lens, you know, uh, hail is just kind of shearing off it onto the into into the sides. Well, I can't see the sun anymore, so uh, Use okay. This, this compass here will tell you what direction you're going. If you so see keep that, keep it on that, that little number there. Yeah, keep it on that one. I think that's okay. a letter. Okay, Mister Smarty Pants. See, with with both of our skills combined, we got it. We got it. It's fine. I, if I think if it takes two of us to read the compass, then probably we don't got it. <laughs> no, that's why there are two of you to to read the compass. Can I make a uh, can I make a persuasion check? 
with uh, uh, with Bradford. Uh, sure. What are you trying to persuade him of? I'm trying. I'm not trying to like convince this. him of anything. I'm trying to like talk some confidence into him. Oh, I see. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, tell him we got this. Now listen here. We might not be able to do this. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> That's but what I've been saying. To. But we need to. Hmm. Everybody's relying on us. It is of the utmost importance that Bruiser attunes to this rod. He needs us. Everybody needs us. This is our moment. This is our... And you can't do it alone, and I can't do it alone. We gotta do it together. Okay? So, if you're like, hey, I don't know what that thing is, now's the time to ask questions. Now's the time to write things down. See, I already wrote up and down there, because I knew that I would forget. But later, that's going to be important, and I'm going to know what thing to push on that time. Okay? Ask a clarifying question here. Did Radford, when he said up and down, did he point respectively to where he wrote up and down? I think he just yeah. gestured in the direction. Oh, okay. He did point at it. That's fine. Oh, oh uh, yeah. uh, Radford, you have those flipped. This is up. This is down. Oh, okay. And then he, like, scratches it out. <laughs> other up, other down. That okay. instills confidence. Yeah, really. It's <laughs> yeah. progress. We're learning. So you need to do the same thing. Gotta tighten it up, man. Okay? Tighten it up. Okay, okay, fine. Bruiser, one more time. Tell me what every button does, and then we're gonna we're gonna do this. <laughs> yes, uh, I will do that. And you know what that means? It means it's story time at the Wing Badger Tavern, and we will be right back. Sinir, Gontos, Kotex, Awara. Long ago, the four ancients created a world in harmony. Then everything changed when the chat emped magic. Only Kelnor, master of good vibes, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. Two years have passed, and four adventurers have discovered a conspiracy, a company selling magic. And although their roleplay is great, they have a lot of XP to earn before they're ready to save anyone. But I believe they can save the world. Welcome back to the Wing Badger Tavern, where we've already got four dice in the dice pool. What could possibly go wrong? Let's meet the adventurers in tonight's Dungeons & Dragons session. Hello, I am Jake, and I play Alan Woodrear, the Azamar Barbarian Artificer. And I believe I will be pretty much playing him all of tonight. Gunner, uh, the demolition expert, hematician rogue, may show up a little bit, but he's a little... Worse for wear right now, so he's probably resting. And hello, I am Cleo. I will be playing Fox and just Fox, uh, the rogue bard changeling uh, with the uh, prosthetic leg. And uh, you know what? Everything's going to go great. There's no, no potential problems in our future. Hello, I am Trevor. I am playing Bruiser, the winged badger inquisitive rogue who has full confidence in his uh, flying companions. And hello, I'm Wash. I play Jebediah Peppermint, the molefolk gun wizard who spits fire and fires spit. And Radford the White, dragonborn, monk, totally intelligent, can fly anything, <laughs> totally reads common. <laughs> <laughs> has an intelligence of like 26 
It's fine. It's gonna be fine. And I'm Not Josh, your Wing Badger Game Master, and my camera died a little while ago. Oh, uh, or maybe Ripped the HDMI the cable did, but uh, for whatever reason, I don't have a camera tonight. So I am the Ominous faceless voice. Vo- yeah, the faceless narrator of the story here this evening. Uh, let's jump back into tonight's Dungeons & Dragons adventure, and we're going to jump back in with Fox, Owlin, and Jeb, who are standing at the top of a burning forest, looking down at uh, a-, a fight getting ready to roll. Jeb has taken some time to etch something into the ground, perhaps an arcane circle, it looked like, uh, or it sounded like you were maybe doing. Yeah, he was scratching some... You guys haven't seen him do this before, but he's not using his blunderbuss. He's scratching like a big circle. About ten feet in diameter into the snow, and like when Fox like comes by to like what's going on, he's like, "Hey, get up! You're gonna mess it up. Don't stand there." And so, and oh, then he like starts like tiptoeing like through it to make like these runes around the edges, and then at the last second, he uh, he jabs the the blunderbuss down into the center of it, and it boom, sucks all of the snow and the symbols and everything up into it, and. Bloop, drops out a little gray bead and he takes that and he puts it in his pocket he's like this is for later this is in case this is for when things go sideways and everybody could die and it will stop that from happening so I'll long as we stay together one. yeah uh, believe me I've had a lot of time to think hey this would have been nice to have at this certain point in time so now we've got it you know, speaking of which, uh, I think now's the time we need... I've been thinking about the lefties. The righties, I don't know. They look like they're a little slower. Uh, but the lefties look like they have it together. So they're the ones, I think, that we need to take out. I think we take care of them. And then if we can, we immediately move over to the other side and take care of them as well. Um, I have, as far as ranged weapons goes, as far as getting the jump on them as soon as we can, I have my rifle of ice knife essentially oh, nice yeah you got that um, nice knife nice knife uh yes i did i was able to repair it and um other than that i'm not exactly the stealthiest uh but um if there are a way for us to uh, you know i can All i right. can still try to sneak up and get get to a certain point listen this is a classic raccoon plan very simple all right I'm going to get as close as I can while you all sit. See that little point right there where it's like just just above them, but yes. out of reach in sight. Y'all are going to prepare there because you both have ranged things, right? Yes. Your signal is either when they find me or something happens that involves me. Okay. So just when shit starts hitting the fan, that's your signal. And I will right, say, so as, long as, as long as you take a high ground vantage point, like um, what Fox is describing, you'll have advantage on any attacks on people lower on the battlefield than you. On okay. your ranged attacks, I should say. Okay, so when you get in contact with the enemy and start pooping yourself all over the place, that's when we start firing. Got it. Specifically on a, on a multi-bladed rotational thing called a fan, yes. Okay, perfect. Okay. Let us do that. All right, and uh, Fox immediately is going to go for the stealth roll with the dice that I totally thought was at the table and is not. So 
Okay, Fox is going to roll his stealth, and meanwhile, we're going to jump over to Bruiser, who is sitting on the airship somewhere. You've probably gone to like a private room, I'm assuming, to do your attunement. Yeah, private room and also like a seat with straps, so he doesn't just have his body rolling around a room as the airship moves around. Okay. Uh, yeah, so he like straps in maybe somewhere in the cargo hold. There aren't really any private like dormitory type rooms because the ship yeah, is over full. We didn't prioritize that. Yeah, um, no. But but there is still like a storage area with some food and some you know supplies to keep the ship flying, a little bit of maintenance tools and whatever. And so he goes down there and kind of straps himself in with the other cargo. Uh, and you hold in your hand a uh, a rod about one foot long or one shin long, as Jeb would describe if he were with you, <laughs> uh, of carven ivory. And as you look at it, you see that there are some runes carved into the sides, but they keep flickering. They won't come into focus for you. They're no language you've heard. They're no, you know, it's not like some series of hieroglyphics where they're just little pictograms that make sense. They just keep kind of flickering and blurring in place. So it's a series of six runes, but the six runes keep changing and and unfocusing and moving around. Um, And as you are kind of sitting there and contemplating the runes, you uh, suddenly, you kind of feel like a sense of vertigo, like you need to steady yourself. Whoa. Can I make a dex check? You sure can. Uh, Why don't you make a dexterity save to steady yourself? That is a 25. A 25 is is a success, and it's going to bring you into the attunement process, as I do with every character. I'm going (laughs) to make a couple things plain to you. The stakes are real when you're attuning to the rod. There is the chance that your character may die or be forever altered by the consequences of a failed attunement. Your attunement to this rod, the rod of dexterity, will be based on your ability to demonstrate a thorough understanding of the, the ability score that is dexterity you will have the opportunity to challenge, interrupt, whatever, insert roles into the attunement process. If you don't, time is just going to continue like draining on. I'm not going to call for roles, except for maybe very rarely. Um, you are going to interrupt me with the skill you want to use. And obviously, the more dexterity uses you get, the higher your chances of attuning properly are, since this one is the rod of dexterity. Um, your your failures will have a cost. We've not identified what the cost is for the Rod of Dexterity, um, but with the Rod of Intelligence, it was time. With the Rod of Luck, it was sight uh, and perception. So whatever the, the cost will be, like your failures have some, ter- some sort of real and long-term cost. Knowing all these things, do you want to continue uh, as the player, Trevor? Do you want to continue into <laughs> the attunement-like puzzle for the Rod I of do. Dexterity? He do. does. Uh, And so uh, you find yourself, you steady yourself uh, just in time as the ledge in front of you, you almost kind of slip over it. You you steady yourself. You are standing at the edge of a cliff and in front of you is a great slope. It's not a a straight down cliff. It's probably like a maybe a five or a a 10 degree uh, angle going down from you. Uh, You look around and you see behind you there is a small motorcycle uh sitting there on the ground it's laying down on the ground uh waiting for you to do anything i'm going to add attention die to the pool for the passage of time bruiser will uh fly up to the motorcycle and just just uh smile with glee and he's like i'm ready and puts his goggles on revs it up and starts riding down okay i would like bruiser to roll a dexterity save as he turns on a motorcycle having done no kind of safety check or or anything with the the material on it to see if he can keep the thing running 
16. 16. Uh, Bruiser, you are barely able to um, catch the bolt that flies off the side of the engine as you rev it up. You kick the thing into gear. You know how to drive a motorcycle. You didn't necessarily check this one very well, and so as a bolt flies out the side, you actually catch it with one hand. The motorcycle grinds to a halt. I'm going to add a tension die to the pool for the passage of time. I'm going to add a tension um, die to the pool for the passage of time. I would like to, to use a... Uh, I guess dex check to put the bolt back on. Sure, make a dexterity vehicle repair kit check. That's a thing you're proficient with, and luckily okay. uh, you find one there laying on the ground nearby. I'm going to clear the tension pool because we hit six. That is a non-natural 20. Non-natural 20. Very successful attunement. Three complications incoming. Uh, or <laughs> not attunement. Very successful repair. You get everything tightened down, properly ready, and you know at this point the bike is ready to roll. Uh, you rev that engine, and <laughs> you feel it come to life. Uh, what will you do? Uh, he's going to ride it probably down the mountain. It looks like is where I'm supposed to go. Um, okay. And he's going to pop pop a wheelie and do an acrobatics check. Okay. Uh, you pop a wheelie and you're going to do an acrobatics check to take that bike down the mountain. Exceptional. Go ahead and roll for me. Uh, not good. Seven. A seven. Oh. Okay. You pop a wheelie and uh, normally under ordinary circumstances, you would probably have been fine. Unfortunately, as you drove over the edge, you realize that the noise of the engine thundering to life and revving has actually dislodged a little bit of an avalanche behind you. And as the rocks fly down the mountain towards you, creating a bit of a rock slide or an avalanche moving in your direction, the bike begins swaying and swerving. The wheels are getting bopped and it kind of flips out from underneath of you. Uh, you take one D10 hit points of damage jake why don't you roll that for us while we continue the the attunement challenge um, here could i roll a uh, deck save to get it back on track sure roll a dexterity save at disadvantage just because the the complication is knocking the wheels out from underneath you okay. and damage 10 damage you okay. take 10 points of damage uh, as well. 23 on the check 23 on the check you take 10 points of damage as the bike leans almost completely sideways and your arm drags along the mountain but you're able to kind of flare your wings in such a way where you catch the air and kick the bike back into position and you even use the flaring of your wings to get it back into the wheelie as you're revving down the side of the mountain uh, you now see kind of emerging out of the distance way down there the the path you're on is going to curve into a jump out over the the distance ahead of you, although you can't quite see where uh, the jump is going to end. I'm going to add it, a tension die to the pool for the passage of time. Is it a turn? Uh, no, it's not a bank turn. It's like a the ramp is curving up, like it's turning into a jump. Um, okay, um, so he's going to make sure he maintains speed and I guess use an acrobatics check for the jump. Okay, uh, roll a dexterity slate of uh, dexterity survival check to keep the bike uh, at speed. And go ahead okay. and roll your acrobatics check for the jump. Um, that's going to be an 11 on the survival check, dexterity survival check. Okay. And for the acrobatics, it's going to be a 19. A 19. Uh, you lose a little bit of speed but you are able to at least get yourself lined up properly for the jump. And as the bike zooms into the air, we cut back down to where Fox has been stealthily navigating through the darkwood, trying to get into position to attack some of the uh, soldiers who are going after your ancient white dragon friend, Thraxen Howe. Alan uh, also got a 15 on stealth to get to the outcropping where he's going to snipe from. Excellent. And Fox got a non-nat 20. 
Oh, yeah. So Fox is sneaking down through the woods, and as far as you know, nobody has seen you. I've rolled a check for them here, but I didn't do that one publicly since we don't want to know. Um, you are making your way through the dark wood. Is your goal to get straight up to them? Like, are you just trying to go for a sneak attack pretty much? I'm trying to get closer. Uh, eventually, I will go to take someone out, but at the moment, I'm just going to get as close as I can and try to maybe probe to see where the weakness and their defenses, the closest I could get perhaps to the cipher thing they're setting up. Okay. Uh, I would roll maybe a perception for that. Uh, yeah, you could roll a perception, a survival, or an insight I would accept for that. Um, and you do navigate close enough to where you can see that they're not actually going the whole way to Thraxenhow. They've stopped uh, uh, maybe 100 feet away, and you went for the lefties, I think. So yes. they're 100 feet to the left of Thraxenhow. Thraxenhow still in kind of a ready position, eyeing the other dragons, snapping at the air a little bit. Uh, it looks like he might have even engaged them in dialogue. He's he's talking a little bit about, you know, this is his domain and they're not welcome and, and they've made a big mistake. And, you know, he's, he's giving them a chance to uh, flee dishonorably before he destroys them uh, is pretty much what, what he's up to with these three shadow dragons. At the same time, okay. you have gotten into position. And as you're closer up now, how did you roll on your analysis? I got a 16 on perception. Okay. With a 16 on perception, um, you can tell that two of the soldiers are very focused on their work with the cipher. So only one of them is really looking around or, you know, they're pretty convinced that they're, um, that they're, they're stealthing. And so they're mostly focused on getting whatever this cipher is prepared. And as they're anchoring it to the ground, you can see that, um, there's, it, it almost looks like a large slingshot, um, where it, it has the, the spike, the three spiked legs, like a tripod that you, you'd stab into the ground. Right. And then on the top of it, there's kind of a brace, like a U shaped brace with a cable between it. And you can see that the cipher itself is in the base of that U shaped brace. So it'd be like, uh, at the, at the center point of the U where the curve kind of, uh, rounds off is where you so, would input the, the wingle digits to activate this cipher. The other thing question. that I'm going to note for you is just that what these creatures are, because although they are humanoids from up close and not obscured by the smoke, you can see that they are by no means human. Uh, they mm. are uh, small-ish creatures. They're a little bit taller than Bruiser or Jeb, and they have little hooked wings that almost remind you of like the wings of a bat. They have glowing green eyes, and they have horns that protrude forwards from their face. Um, they, they walk almost hunched over in the way like a velociraptor might like where it, it's almost like their legs are half designed for running on all fours, but they've found a way to walk upright. Um, and while they have hands, like they have thumbs, they are very, uh, heavily clawed, almost like talons coming out of the end of their fingers. Okay. I, this sounds almost like imps, uh, you can roll a survival or a nature check to identify them if you want to. I am going to roll a check. Okay. And it will not be nature. It will be survival. Okay. And it will be a 14. A 14. Uh, you are not confident in your assessment, but you do remember at some point in the past, um, Radford talking about some of the like corrupt variations on those with draconic heritage. And you remember him talking about something called the Draconians, 
who uh, they're they're a race of creatures that are born from dragon eggs but don't wind up dragons. They're either corrupted or otherwise purified or interrupted by magic on the outside of the egg, and it kind of shapes what they become. Uh, these look to be very deliberately corrupted, um, whatever these creatures are. And even the way they talk to each other as you get close enough to hear them communicating is like a sort of high-pitched chattering noise. Okay. And how many are there? There are three of them here. Two of them, again, are working on getting the, the machine anchored or the cipher anchored, and the third is keeping watch. Okay, how far away is the third from the two? Uh, he's still right next to them. Like, they're in a group, but one of them is kind of looking around, keeping watch. Okay. Um, in that case, I'm going to uh, toss a stone... Uh, to the left of them, probably about 20, 30 feet away from them. Calls a distraction. I'll roll maybe like a dex check on that. Uh, to cause a distraction with the stone, roll deception. Deception. Okay, that yeah, that makes sense. I got an 18. Okay. Uh, the lookout immediately... And he kind of scampers off. He does drop to all fours, and he scampers forwards. Um, and you can see as he runs, he flares his wings out, and they have that little like taloned, um, uh, like like the little talon point that bat wings have. And his are dripping some kind of uh, greenish, purplish liquid as he's scampering off into uh, into wherever you toss the stone. You get the idea that there's probably some poison in those talons uh, or in those spikes. Gotcha. Um, and he kind of scampers off. Uh, move speed roughly like I'm gonna guess thirty feet. Uh, he round. actually is moving a little bit faster than you've seen some of your other companions run. You would guess probably around forty feet. Oh, okay. Um, did the other two stop what they're doing? Uh, no, they're still working, and it looks like they're getting pretty close to done. You know, they're at the point where they're walking around and, like, checking that cables are secure and, like, you know, kind of kicking the legs to make sure they're anchored into the ground heavily. All right. Um, while they're doing that, I will uh, roll a stealth check to sneak up on one of them. Okay. Uh, and Alan and Jeb, you are able to observe this happening. So just if you want to enter at any point in time, you you can see what's going on. About how far away are they right now? They're probably 50, 60 feet from you, um, okay. assuming you're straight up. The, you know, the dark wood is burning, yeah. so the top layer of trees are slowly becoming ash and kind of falling and collapsing, and it's been burning for a lot of the night. So um, you know, the top tier of the, of the woods here is probably closer to like embers and ashes, and so as you move down through the smoke to get a clearer vantage point, I would say probably 50, 60 feet above them, something like that. Alan will prepare an action to fire his rifle at uh, the one, like uh, one of the ones that that Fox is not sneaking up on, but he's going to fire as soon as he as Fox takes an action, like takes an attack. Cool. Um, and I, I would say, given the fact that I've distracted them, and and you know we have the jump on them, would you would you say I have advantage on this stealth check? Um. Sure, yeah. That, I would say between that and the haze of smoke that's drifting over the battlefield ah, and their occupation was, with their before, work yeah, and the dragon, yes, I would give you advantage on that. <laughs> okay, good. 
<laughs> Not for any particular reason I asked that. Uh, 29 versus the nat one I rolled before I asked if Ooh. I had advantage. 29. Ouch. Uh, you are able to successfully sneak up on one of them. So they are back to back facing away from Thrax and Hal, checking the final like buckles on the straps of their machine. The one that you distracted so I'm, I'm is between them, right? Yeah, and the one that you distracted is beyond you, so it's run into the woods, you know, away from you, basically. Um, it's probably only a, a few seconds before that one comes back, but you know, in round order, it's only been five seconds or six seconds since you threw that stone. Gotcha. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, sweep my leg under the one I snuck up on. Okay. Um, and as I do so, my leg will transform into the sword. Um, and because he's like kind of shorter, I'm probably like sweeping at his waist height. Okay. So it's just like uh, basically a big roundhouse kick. And as you do that, like the sword blade kind of pops out of your mechanical leg and like, shing. exactly. Awesome. And Alan will fire the rifle. Yep, of ice both knife. of you roll to hit for me. Uh, 21 to hit. 21 is a successful hit. 17 to hit. Also a successful hit. So you hit both of these two uh, Draconians. Go ahead and roll damage um, for me, both of what you. What is the difference? What is the distance between this Draconian? So, okay. What is within five feet of the Draconian that I hit? Only Fox. Oh, really? Yeah, because Fox, they're on opposite sides of the machine. Throw. So Fox is between them. Fox, you're going to have to That's make fine. a saving throw. Sorry. Fox is make like, I got saved. Dex saving throw. <laughs> yeah, make a deck saving throw when you can, Fox. Uh, and then this should is also too, going Alan. to... I'm sorry. One. That's all right. Uh, okay, and I'm for his that. save. Uh, you said dex, Alan? Yes. Okay, that's a 15. Okay, what's my spell save? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, attacker wins in a tie. Ha 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 ha. He did not make it. Nice. Uh, uh, so I will roll. So we only took one piercing damage, but he is going to take... I'm rolling terrible on damage. No, I'm not. Uh, nine cold damage. Nine cold damage. Okay. Uh, um, Fox, what's your save? Uh, I got 18. Okay, that's, that's a save. That 18 it's, passes. I, yeah. I do you, do you take half damage or no damage? Because you're He's rogue, a rogue. So. Uh, no damage. Okay, great. Cool. Fox, tell me about the other one. Uh, the other one I did 29 damage. To. The other one dies. So you cut it in half as you kick through it, and then you make a constitution save. Um, as you cut it in half, um, a, a kind of like a spray of purplish liquid comes out where you would have expected blood to come out of the cut, and it splashes across you know, some of your torso and your arm. All right, that's 11. Okay, uh, that's an 11. So you are unfortunately poisoned for one turn. Uh, which is disadvantage on attacks and ability saves uh, or ability rolls. Okay. Um, um, next to you, as you make this kill, next to you, you see a sh- a little um, basically like bolt of ice or a little kind of, it almost looks like a stalactite, lances into the other draconian and he is knocked kind of to the side. Um, he is the condition surprised for the rest of this round. The third one that ran off into the, into the woods spins around and you can see it. Like it makes eye contact with you and it's green eyes kind of lighting up in the smoke as it flares its wings and its teeth and launches forwards. It's going to dash towards you using its fly and try to tackle you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Jeb. 22 to hit 22 is a successful hit. 
with a scorching ray, Jeb's going to pull out Big Boy and do like a long-range sniper shot with it. Awesome. Uh, there's no save, right? scorching ray firebolt. Uh, no, it, it, he, he hits it. It's 22 to hit, and he's going to take some... Yeah, I meant for half damage, but that didn't make any sense. So, oh, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> That's nine, 16 fire damage. As this, uh, so he, he leaps out of the woods and zooms towards you, and then this bolt of fire comes down from the side and a little bit above and lances into him, knocks him to the ground. So as he's diving towards you, instead of flying, now he's kind of skidding across the ground, his little talons scab- uh, scrabbling for, for purchase on the ground. And you can see like a little bit of smoke coming off of him as the as the scorching ray wears off. He is very significantly burned, uh, and it looks like maybe a little bit of that kind of purplish blood has been drawn. But he is still preparing to attack you. Um, he's going to use the move action of his his turn to get the rest of the distance to Fox, and he's going to go for just like his his one attack that he can make uh, this round. So he's going to roll a hit. That that DM roll though. Yeah, that is uh eighteen before his mods. He hits. Okay, so he does hit you. Uh and he hits you for you take five damage as he Unless his mods were negative. What's up? Unless his mods were negative. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh you take five <laughs> piercing damage and you take seven poison damage. You don't need to make another throw on this. It's just that kind of damage as he okay. kind of slices you up with his talon. Um, and that will bring us to in, in quote unquote initiative order Fox's turn. Okay. So you've got a weak one Um, on both sides of you. They both look pretty much ready to die. Right. Uh, well, one of them surprised, right? So yes. Does that mean when it comes to his turn, he's not going to make a turn or was that already, he will take no actions, uh, and no moves this turn. I'm going to deal with the one that's a threat then. Yeah. Uh, I'm also going to go for a uh, a kick now that he's within range. Perfect. Uh, and that is... Remember your disadvantage 20. from the poisoning. Oh, right, right, right. Do a murder a and then something? another bonus action murder. So it's still a 20-something? <laughs> no, now it's an 11. Oh, uh, so your 11 is not enough to hit him. He swipes at you, you go for the kick, and he leans backwards. Um, and he almost like bends like where your spine shouldn't bend to dodge it like a matrix dodge, you know, he like leans backwards away from it. And that's how he dodges your attack. He comes back up to to his ready stance and <laughs> kind of skitters at you. I'm going to disengage. And um, is the surprised one on the ground? No, the surprised one is like regaining its feet. Basically, it stumbled but didn't fall over. All right. I'm going to disengage from him and uh get behind the surprised one and hold him at knife point okay um as you do that a one of the the burning trees begins plummeting towards you at the base of the the wood it just falls and kind of echoes on the ground we're gonna make some dexterity saves for here's the one that's a nat one he gets hit the one that just uh, dodged your kick gets hit by a falling tree as he kind of, you know, uh, focuses in on you. That was intentional. That attack was just a ruse to get yeah. him to the, not be in the I right I think spot. that one's on the line, but I'm going to call it the 20. Um, so the the other one does not get hit by the tree. Even as you're holding it, it's like it takes advantage of your great dexterity. And so as you jump out of the way, it uses that momentum to keep itself out of the way of the tree. Unfortunately... 
um, because that's still a villain nat 20, it does not land on the apparatus they're setting up. So um, gotcha. whatever that thing is is still in place. And that makes it Alan and or Jeb if they want to do anything. Alan will... Uh, is the is the one that got hit by a tree dead? Uh, yes. Oh, or at okay. least it is underneath a tree that's on fire and not moving. Okay, well then... Uh, <laughs> Alan... Oh, here's what Alan can do. Aha! Uh, action economy. I'm thinking more about action economy now that I'm playing Baldur's Gate 3. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Alan can dash to the enemy because if we were within 60 feet with alan's move speed he can dash to the enemy that um fox is holding at knife point and then use his bonus action scimitar of speed attack um to slice okay. at that um the attack. forest is going to be difficult to rain so your dash is only oh. going to be 30 feet well it's um, going to be 40 feet because i have a 40 foot speed. okay yeah uh, then it'll be 40 feet um well, shoot, so, then. Why didn't you say so? Well, uh, that's no one fine. had tried to dash through it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a tightly packed wood that's on fire. Uh, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, well, then, at that point, he's not going to rifle of ice knife because he could hit Fox. Uh, Take so. the shot! <laughs> well, wait, if he gets 40 feet, he's within 20. Oh, no, that's still not enough. Okay, well, then Alan will get... Get there and look menacingly at. So oh, can he intimidate? He's getting. Yeah, he's gonna get. He's gonna go forty feet, and he's he's in, intentionally trying to look like very like when like like he's charging, the looking wings, very like yeah. animalistic. Okay, with the, so yeah, he's, so here's yeah, what I need from the other players. I need you to decide if it's an advantage to Alan's intimidation that he's going to be emerging from the smoky forest, or if it's a disadvantage to his intimidation that he may not be visible or he might be obscured by the smoky burning forest. Hey, I think either way, it's an advantage, because if you think about this lumbering thing coming out, whether or not you can see it fully, or even worse, you can't, and now your imagination is making up whatever the thing Oh, just like the loud the footsteps is. and yeah. the crushing trees, tree branches yeah, and well, stuff? Depends. Is Alan coughing like, from the smoke? No, if Alan coughs, it sounds like crackling thunder, because he's a Storm Herald barbarian. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I, I think I'm with Cleo on this one. I think yeah, that, I'm with Cleo. That, uh, I think you're right, yeah. The woods are casting enough light, and with the fog there, that when Alan emerges or is in the fog, it's just like this big black outline of this roaring yeah. huge creature that's... Spectral yeah. wings and all. Love it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, so Alan... yeah, go ahead and roll with advantage. Got a 22 on on Intimidation. I mean, I'll give him a roll, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's a courageous little dude. Not quite courageous enough, though. Um, Not he, enough for a 22. Yeah. With an 18, he still, as he sees the form of Alan appear in the woods, he almost forgets that he's struggling against Fox, and he kind of goes limp and like, <laughs> like. <laughs> That's the goal. Uh, Jeb, do you want to do anything? Um, I'm going to message Fox real quick and be like, are we killing it or are we getting information out of it? Did you know how to speak Draconic? No, but Owlin knows languages or something. I'm going <laughs> to yell at Owlin, um, or I guess not yell, but like he's within range now. I'm like, Alan, do you know Draconic? 
yeah, I literally know every language right now because of this thing. And he like taps at the rod. Very, very much undercutting the intimidation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yes, hey, buddy, actually, do you speak Draconic? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to take advantage of... I'm assuming we're out of combat initiative, but... Yeah, I mean, you've got him restrained and he's no longer fighting back. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell him like, hey, little guy, you understand common... And I press the knife up to his throat. The dragon, uh, or the draconian, I should say, it kind of like chatters a little bit, but it doesn't respond. It just looks very scared. Like, you know, it's it's trying to make itself seem non-threatening. It doesn't want you to think it's attacking, but it, it can't speak to you. Like, it doesn't know common. Okay, Alan, your turn. <laughs> and, and, you know, feel free to, like, vamp this, you know, like, really... As Alan really approaches, as Alan approaches, he sees the contraption, and for a moment, you think he's going to get distracted by the contraption and just look <laughs> at it and try to figure out what it does instead of intimidating the draconian. And he goes, uh, uh, "Yes, yes, of course." And then Alan will go up to the draconian, put a hand on its shoulder, and uh, yeah, I think it's okay to burn a rage. I have. I have, I'm a high-level barbarian now. I can rage a lot. Do you Alan actually burn... speak Draconic? Uh, let's see. No, Celestial and Common is what he can Okay, speak. so the Rod he only can. comprehends languages. So you can understand him, but you can't speak to him. Uh, unless he understands Common. Unless he understands Common, which Fair. Alan will... will uh, uh, Actually, no, he's not going to burn a rage at first. He'll he'll just like look intimidating, uh, like put a hand on on the shoulder and like get, you know, face really close and say, do you understand me? Do you understand what we're saying? Don't hurt me, man. Don't don't hurt me. And is that in Draconic? Well, that's just what yeah, it's in hear? Draconic. It's the comprehend languages. That's that's okay, helping okay. you understand it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Alan will turn back to the everyone else is like I have realized a flaw in what we're trying to do. I can understand it, but it cannot understand me. I'm sorry. Can I paint okay. a word picture very briefly of what's just happened? <laughs> so Alan standing in the woods angry has terrified this poor creature. And then Fox undercuts it by going, oh, hey, buddy, do you speak draconic? The creature watches as Alan, again, angry and terrifying, lumbers out of the woods, briefly gets distracted looking at the contraption. Oh, I wonder what this thing does. His rage ends. His spectral wings go away. He turns back. His head whip pans over oh, he gets all intimidating again walks up grunts something indistinguishable and puts a hand <laughs> on the creature's shoulder and then turns around and starts talking to his companions again so this is to Seems illustrate legit. this is the nature of Owlin. these are the two sides of Owlin that exist <laughs> the yin and the yang if you will <laughs> exactly all right the duality uh, of Owlin. i'm gonna wink at Owlin and be like don't worry i got this and uh, i'm gonna like turn this uh draconic being towards the contraption i'm gonna hold the knife up to his throat i'm gonna point at it i'm gonna yell um, i'm just like what does it do uh, what, uh, i'm gonna point at various parts of it and i'll point at point at him like roll performance with disadvantage because he's terrified <laughs> And Alan assist in trying to like uh like <laughs> I don't know if this would help. Alan's got like two fingers up, like two words. <laughs> what do <laughs> no, no not charade style, but Alan will 
he'll like also point at it, but then like put his hands on his hips and like try to look intimidating <laughs> like dad. again. Al, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dad is angry. <laughs> uh, Twenty one. Twenty one with disadvantage. Dang. With disadvantage. Between Owlin's helpful dad hips and your uh, <laughs> gestures, <laughs> trying to get across what happens, the creature very tentatively push it, like you know, slowly and non-threateningly pushes Fox's knife away from his throat and kind of scampers up to the machine, like not trying to run away. It's trying to show you what it does. Um, right. Goes goes behind the machine. And it it grabs the cable in one hand and kind of pulls it back just a little bit. But you can see that when it lets go, like there's a lot of tension on the cable itself. And then it kind okay. of it, its little claws scrabble over where the wingle digits go in the cipher. And then it pulls the the cable back a little bit further and lets go. And you can see, <laughs> sorry, uh, you can see the the cable just sprawling forwards, you know. Um, and it it pulls a little bit further. Okay. And I'm going to uh, point at him with the knife. And then I'm going to point at one of the shadow creatures at, at, with a knife. I'm going to point back to him and, and point back to the shadow creature, point at the cipher, point at him. I'm just going to point at these three things threateningly. Uh, the, the, the draconian looks very scared, but ultimately turns its head to the side and like seems confused by, by your gesturing. As this is happening, Jeb, you notice on the other side of Thraxenhow from the right, you see two of those draconians flying through the air towards Thraxenhow, um, racing towards his back. About how far out? Uh, they, the, the jump started probably a hundred feet to your right. And when they get to Thrax and how they would be around 50 feet. Uh, no, I guess they'd be 200 feet to your right. Cause you're directly over top of where Fox was attacking. So 200 feet to your right, they jumped a hundred feet to your right. They'll land on Thrax and how, um, I'm having a little hard time understanding your description here, but given a minor amount of time, will they be within 120 feet of Jeb? Yes. Okay. Uh, they are Jeb's arcing message... through the air towards Thraxenhow, who's 100 feet okay. away. Um, Jeb's going to mes- uh, message Owlin and say, I don't know what you guys are doing. Do something. There's more of those guys flying towards Thraxenhow. I'm going to take them out. May end up dropping them on top of you. If I if I hit them once they're within 120 feet of me, would they fall around no. where Fox? Okay, so no, no, no. Okay. Uh, um, it's like and... a triangle. the The righties are on the right end of the triangle. The lefties on the left end of the triangle, and the tip of the triangle is Drax and Howe. Yeah. I. Cool. I I don't understand, but that's okay. I'm having a brain <laughs> limitation right now. But okay. in all of that, <laughs> Jeb is going to. I mentioned Scorching Ray before. He actually cast Firebolt, but now he is going to cast Scorching Ray. He's going to lock a shell in there. And he's going to, like, once they get in range, he's just going to, like, be training on them, like, with a rifle, waiting for them. Pull! Get in range. And he's going to fire at them. Great. Do they get a save or do you roll to hit? I think you rolled a hit, right? I am. I am rolling to hit. Yeah, you are. And I think, I think it's time. I think I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to burn a third level slot on this. So I'll Ooh. be firing 
four rays at it. Okay. At them. And I can do them individually or together. So we're going to shoot the first, shoot one at the first one. Okay. AC is 15. That's going to be, AC is 15? Yep. All right. That was, that's more than 15. So that one hits. Uh, and I'm going to do these individually just that's because d- depending upon how they, yep. they pan out. That's six fire damage on the first one. Okay. Um, that is more than 18. And another six damage on that same one. So pow, okay. pow, two directly into it. Um, is it, it still flying? It's still flying, and it doesn't even look like you've really drawn blood yet. Oh, okay. Well, we got two more. Uh, that's a natural one. So that one misses, and that one is 22. Uh, great. So your your natural one, you fire, and it misses, and it goes into the woods and sets them on fire. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. And, <laughs> and then your, your second... The last one Yeah, your last is, one, I should uh, say, hits. Yeah, it's seven points of damage. Seven points um, of damage, and you have drawn blood now. The scorch marks on that front one um, are kind of, you know, like along its torso because you're, you're interrupting its jump. Um, it's going to roll a save to still land where... It, that's the wrong die. It's going to roll a save to still land where it wants to. This is a deck save. Okay, the first one does not land on Thrax and Howe. It kind of slams into the ground next to Thrax and Howe. Uh, and... Thrax and House steps on it by accident while he's posturing with the others, and that one dies. Uh, the other one, continuing its jump, has advantage because there was nothing to um, interrupt its flight path, and with advantage, that's high enough. Um, so the the second one does land on Thrax and House back and begins scampering up it immediately. Having seen you, it's just running the length of Thrax and How to get out of range. Um, so, so it's going to basically get far enough up Thrax and Howl, um, towards his neck that it's out of your, your hundred or 120 foot range. Um, Thrax and Howl being like 90 feet long, he's an ancient dragon. So, yeah. uh, run, runs along that length. You then see a third one is in the machine and has just put the, the wingle digits in to launch itself as we cut back to, um, Fox and Allen. Allen, do we take out the righties or do we try to hit a dragon? Um, I believe from what Jeb has just observed, this uh, doesn't exactly fire anything in particular. They're using it to launch themselves, which is an interesting strategy. Um, I think what we can do, or a possible idea, is to um, launch uh, or uh, let's... Here, there's a couple of options. We wait, can launch ourselves. Yes. Did they jump from the contraption? Or yes, they, they are catapulting jump? themselves onto Thrax and Howl. The, 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 oh. the contraption I, I love them. that Owlin is just having this this internal conflict, <laughs> like and that, analyzing all of this with this big kaiju battle in the background <laughs> with Thrax and Howl and these shadow dragons. This is great. It's just me voicing the things that I think, but out loud as Owlin. Um, <laughs> I, I believe... Uh, one idea would be to while Alan uh, is talking, I will be tying up the other one hogtied uh, style. Well, okay, here's, here's something. Well, uh, tie you could tie that one up hogtie style and then launch it at the shadow dragons, and then we can launch ourselves onto Thraxenhow and defend Thraxenhow that way. 
Does that make oh, sense? Oh, really? Because I was going to launch this little effort into the uh, righties and hopefully hit the contraption, and then we can launch ourselves wherever. Oh, sure. That's fine. We can do that, too. Okay. Uh, sleight of hand is a 25. 25 is a pretty strong knot you've tied there. <laughs> I'm going to load him up. Yep. As he realizes what you're doing, he is going to struggle. I'm going to give him a, a roll to see if he can escape from your 25. That's Alan an 8 on the die. He's not going to do him. it. Yeah, I was going to say, Alan will be there as a second line of defense. I'm going to, like, I'm just going to tap his shoulder and be like, I know he doesn't understand me, but I'm going to give him a look, like, look, sorry, a little bit. A little salute. <laughs> it's, just the way, it's just the way the cookie crumbles. He looks up at you, his, his little green eyes wide. <laughs> I, I, I can't help it. It's the way the cookie crumbles, and uh, we cut to Jeb gonna, standing at the top yep. of the woods, who is watching very adeptly. Uh, you know, probably readying another shot of some kind. I assume for the the next creature to jump from that machine. Um, as that first creature leaps, you see from the other side like another one leaping, but with really weird form. Uh, so from your left, there's just a creature that seems to be spinning uncontrollably through the air. And then to your right, there's a draconian <laughs> who's leaping wheeling. intentionally. Uh, and they look like they might be on a collision course for each other, depending <laughs> on Fox's dexterity check to um, aim the machine. Or actually, just roll a right. ranged attack at disadvantage because you're not familiar with um with to this particular fair, construction i am trying to specifically hit the contraption itself oh okay you're not hitting the hit creature the you're hitting the contraption, contraption. okay contraption, well then yeah. just roll it a disadvantage because it's uh extended range <laughs> that's why they okay. had to get within 100 feet because 100 feet is its effective range so what so what yeah. modifiers do i do it's I a ranged that? attack so it would be your decks and you're decks, not proficient right? with the machine so no proficiency bonus okay that's a 15 then a 15 um i guess i should have worked out what the dc was on that i think a 15 <laughs> is high enough uh, what's the ac of the contraption yeah. Jeb, <laughs> you watch you watch as fox's shot goes errant wide and you're like oh that's too bad he couldn't hit him and then you realize as the creature continues spinning that it's actually dead on target to hit the machine um i have to know so i'm gonna roll to see if it falls into the catapult and gets launched up again <laughs> Uh, that's not a high enough roll to pull that off. That would have been nuts. Um, it just slams into the machine. The creature dies instantly, vaporized on the on the face of the machine, and the machine kind of gets like knocked backwards a little bit. It's anchored into the ground pretty hard, um, and it doesn't actually. It's also pull probably out. taking acid damage too. Uh, yes, blood. it is taking a little bit of acid damage, um, but it so it's knocked askew, but it's not um, knocked out of the ground. And you can see that there. Are, Jeb can see that there are creatures over there who are already working on you know refitting it in place at the same time fox and alan you can see that there are a number of creatures headed towards you and your little catapult all right alan i think this is the time we bug out we either take this buddy get on thrax and how or we take this to take out the righties which way are we going uh, i believe it is time to take the fight literally to thrax and how uh, and in fact, if All we right. get a chance to go up to his head and uh -huh. uh, sc uh, scoop a little tear out of his little eye, then yep. I think that would be beneficial for all <laughs> okay. of us as well. For Bye. you listeners, uh, Fox is leaning back from his microphone and holding the, the cable back and just launching himself as Alan is still talking about you know what they're going to do. Fox has already launched himself into the air. Uh, Fox, go ahead and roll a roll an acrobatics check. 
as you soar through the air. Jeb, you know, he's watching left and right, kind of waiting for the next creature to leap. He's tracking in the air, oh, then you yeah. realize that one's Fox. <laughs> that one hit it. Oh, what are the guys doing? What? Um, why are the guys doing that? <laughs> Not sure what I'm doing. Uh, I, I kind of, like, let go, right? Um, at the wrong moment, and I kind of start tumbling. I, I rolled a 12. Oh, man. You roll a 12. You are flying through the air. Uh, Thraxen House is a pretty big target. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Jeb. How far? Like, you said Thraxen House 50 feet away from me, right? Yeah. Okay. 50 feet down Noted. the hill from you. Yep. Noted. Uh, Fox is flying through the air towards it. Uh, and Fox looks as graceless as you would expect Fox to look uh, after launching himself out of a catapult. Uh, you know, hands pinwheeling, uh, legs kind of flailing for balance. Fox, you do make it, like, you you land on target in that you make it to Thraxenhow. Unfortunately, you slam face first into one of Thraxenhow's legs. Make a constitution save to stay conscious and then a dexterity save to find purchase to continue climbing up. You know, fair enough. Alan okay. will launch himself after Fox as well. Okay. Six for the constitution. <laughs> Fox passes out. Oh, no. Fox falls unconscious and begins falling away from the um, the, the leg. He, like, slams I into the leg. On I don't know why, but this okay. is giving me, like, aim for the bushes vibes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cast a spell okay. while I see what's happening. What's the spell? Uh, I'm going to dial in big boy. I'm using him like sniper mode almost right now. Okay. And I'm going to lock a levitate spell shell in. Okay. And I'm going to fire it at Fox. Okay. So you levitate Fox. Are you trying to put him in Allen's path or just stop him from hitting the ground? I mean, it looks, it looks like he just went womp. And this is like, <laughs> that's exactly what down. happened. Yes. Yeah. So I'm just going to hold on to him and I can, uh, I can, I can't go back and forth, but I can, like, make him go up and down. So I'm just going to, like, shake him. That's enough to wake him up. You come to being flopped up and down by about five-foot increments just suspended in the air. Thraxenhow is next to you. His tail is thrashing in agitation. Looking upwards, you see Owlin soar overhead. Owlin, roll an acrobatics check. You could roll an athletics check maybe to land the jump, I would say. Good. Um, it's a combination of strength and dexterity to to like land and grab like you know grab Super hold of something on the dragon. So I'm, I'm s- some would say that Alan uh, just deserves advantage. No, Alan has inspiration. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I rolled the same thing. I rolled a six. No. Twice. You rolled a six. Alan slams I know, well, I, it. I got a tw- okay, wait, wait, wait. It's a twelve total, but. It, but it is Alan slams the into the leg exactly where Fox did, <laughs> maybe like five feet higher. <laughs> Alan oh. roll con save to uh. stay conscious. Can I catch him with Fox? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see if he stays conscious first. Okay, eleven. Eleven. You stay conscious. Uh, I go ahead. Three sixes on the die in a row. Go Oof. ahead and roll a strength save to grab anything and hold on enough to not fall off of Thraxenhow. Finally, 22. 22. Okay, Owlin is able to... He slams into the dragon but doesn't pass out and he kind of grabs hold of like a scale maybe um, on Thraxenhow's leg and you know, kind of his feet kind of pinwheel out from under him until he lands back 
against the dragon, and now you will be able to climb Thraxenhaus' leg to get onto his back. Okay. As this is happening, and Jeb, as you've been watching this, creatures have finished fixing uh, the other one, and so you're seeing more of them kind of launching themselves into the air. There are two more that are airborne right now. Um, do you want to work with Fox, attack them, or um, do some other thing? Well, heck. Do they we look didn't like stop those things? Um, they're going above me at all, like in their path. I highly doubt it, but I thought I would check. Uh, say that one more time. Are, do they look like they're going above me in their arc? Uh, the ones from the left are going above you. The other ones are going to land on Thrax and Howl, like from the right. So you're on so Thrax no. and Howl's left, floating in the air. So some of them will go above you, and some of them will not. Oh, right, because we didn't destroy ours, right. so other people have taken it up. Yes. Got you. Yeah, other little draconians. Can I use an oceans? No. <laughs> okay, you know what? Um, For old time's sake, I'll give you one ocean, because you're a rogue. <laughs> one ocean. Okay. Okay. I would like to use an ocean. <laughs> would you now? Is that, is that how you Back feel? Back on the ship. Got her hands. Fox. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you All go. Right. I uh, I go ahead, and as as I'm about to leave, I point to Alan, and I'm like, "Hey, loosen up these ties, and when you let go, it should launch you, but it should also destroy itself in the process, as the cable should break and potentially hit the cipher." Ah, that is a great idea that you thought of, and I'm actually quite surprised that I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah, you know, these things just come to me at, at this in the nick of time. <laughs> yeah, it's quite convenient. Well, I, yes, I will do that. And so Alan <laughs> does. Uh, because an ocean <laughs> cannot negate something that's already happened, uh, he maybe didn't loosen them quite enough. And so a few creatures were able to launch themselves before the cables sure. finally did give out. Um, I'm going to roll a D6, and however, like whatever that D6 is, that's how many of the Draconians are able to launch themselves before... Um, the cable fails. That'll be the roll for the ocean. You know, technically an ocean is a roll. Technically the ocean is a roll. Three creatures uh, get themselves launched towards Thrax and Howe before uh, they knock themselves off of the the tripod. And so that one is disabled. Having Um, seen all of this, um, can can Jeb kind of suss out that the last time he fired at the Draconians, was was it them being hit by an attack that set them like, disadvantage to to try to gl- grab onto yes Thraxenhau. it seemed like when he hit them their their trajectory changed and it made it harder to land gotcha. on thrax and how all right well so he's gonna you know same thing but different he's gonna cast another scorching ray load up three more um three more little boomy boomy fire firebolt things and but this time he's gonna spread them out pow 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 and try to hit all three of these guys that are coming at him and knock them off course exceptional and as jeb does that uh, there is someone else who's flying through the air trying to keep themselves on course. We cut back to Bruiser, who Ooh. is barreling down the, the the hill, coming around the bend of this jump. He's rolled just well enough to keep himself kind of lined up and on point. He's about to launch perfectly off the jump. You soar into the air. Um, as you are flying through the air, Bruiser, all of a sudden, the uh, the world around you vanishes Uh, It's just your bike in the void soaring upwards um, and then you begin to see kind of like a glittering 
uh, carpet of lights beneath you and a little bit of glitter off in the distance, you realize that you are soaring through the astral sea. And uh, as you take this in, meteors begin flying towards you. Uh, uh, yeah. Do I use decks to dodge them? Sure, yeah. You can roll a deck save to dodge them. Go ahead and roll a deck save for me. 22. 22. Uh, as they come towards you, you kick the bike into like a cool trick and the momentum of it knocks you out of the way. Um, you are now kind of like a little bit off course from your first jump, but now you're in space. You're not on the jump really anymore, so <laughs> who knows what that means. Um, as you are soaring upwards, another one comes rushing towards you. Uh, dodge it again. Yep. With a non-natural 20. Non-natural 20 Ooh, is enough. Nice. Another one comes blazing towards you. This one kind of on fire from the speed that it's flying with. Uh, dodge again with a 21. 21, success. And at this point, you begin to see emerging out of the distance of the Astral Sea, there is a huge giant that is flinging uh, asteroids at you. And that's where these boulders are coming from. As he swings his great lumbering arm backwards in a big overhand throw, another rock comes pelting towards you. Uh, <laughs> could I use, um, I guess, like a perception, dex perception to like calculate trajectories and like predict where they're gonna go to enhance my dodging ability that's an insane idea yes do that and if you roll high enough you can have advantage <laughs> on all the dodges in the future insanely cool not insanely dumb i realized when wash laughed uh 13 13 uh you are able to calculate the general it's a giant he's throwing slow you can calculate the arc of the boulders he's throwing you can have advantage on your future deck saves to avoid them wash has okay. a hand up yes I kind of feel like his dex perception check is like him getting a feel, like like testing out the 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 bike. Yeah, you maybe know, like, it is. Like, hey, this that yeah. So that way he's able to like yeah. more readily react to things. Yeah, sure. Uh, here comes another boulder. Uh, dodging with a. 24. 24. You're able to like twist the bike in such a way where the wheels land on the, the boulder, you know? And so you're like driving up the boulder for a little while as your jump begins to even out. You're finally reaching the top of that arc. And so you're actually on your way down towards the giant. Uh, as you zoom towards the giant, it does throw one more huge boulder at you before you're going to make contact. Uh, go ahead and roll. Yep. Uh, 19. You successfully dodge the, the boulder, but as it zooms by, it splits into several pieces, and, and some of them actually lodge in the, the wheel of your bike. Um, and so the front wheel of your bike is unable to spin if, you're to, if you were to land on the ground and continue trying to ride. As you soar towards the giant, um, you now... Uh, I'm going to roll another tension die for the Could passage I, um, of time with your soaring. Stick the wheel? Unstick like the wheel? Slide of hand? Uh, sure, yes. Yeah, slate of hand's a great roll for that. Uh, go ahead and roll slate of hand. 27. 27. You're able to get the boulders out of the wheel just in time to look up and realize that you're about to slam into the front of a giant. Uh, you can roll that deck save at disadvantage because um, okay. you spent the time pulling the, the stuff out of the wheel. That is a natural one, unfortunately. Natural one. Oof. Uh, you lose the bike um, as you slam into the front of the giant um, you're able to kind of slow yourself with your wings enough that it doesn't do too much damage to you. Uh, you're just going to take uh, this d20 of damage, um, which is 
Please be low. It's a one. Uh, you take one point of, of bludgeoning damage as you slam into the front of the giant. Your bike kind of falls away from you, and now you are plummeting uh, straight downwards, and you see uh, as... save to recover myself with my wings? Uh, you can make a deck save to slow yourself, sure. Okay. Because you don't have a hover speed, you can't actually stop your fall. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah, 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 24. 24, sure. You're able to slow yourself a little bit. As you're soaring towards the ground, now you are racing back through the field of meteors that the giant threw at you, rushing down towards the ground of the material plane. And you can see as you fall, there's the ramp you were supposed to land on, and way, way ahead of you, smashed into bits on the ground, is the bike that you were riding. Um, it has finished its fall already and kind of just really destroyed itself. Is it repairable? Uh, I mean, with a bunch of time, it would be repairable. As you oh. soar down towards the the ramp there, um, I roll attention die for the passage of time. Uh, oh, that's another complication. And slide. <laughs> yeah. as, as you... Sorry. As you ricochet off of one of the, the meteors for uh, D4 of damage, which Cleo can roll for you, um, uh, D4 of bludgeoning damage, that's the complication. You're continuing yeah. your fall. I'm going to roll another tension die for the Would passage of time. To, like, for damage. Uh, recover myself and um, like just like slide on my, like, is it icy or is it snowy? It's rocky. Like, it's a oh, rock rocky. ledge. Um, okay. and you can, you can try and turn that into a slide, but you would need to do it with acrobatics. That would be the skill for that. Acrobatics goes down. Athletics goes up. Yeah. That is a 10, a 10, uh, you, it, it's not pretty. And you do take six, uh, a D six of, um, kind of piercing damage from the, the rock as you slide down, which wash will roll for you. Um, but you are five. now headed five points of damage. You are now headed feet first down. If, uh, at any point bruiser hit zero hit points, by the way, let me know. Cause that would be a, a failed attunement and we would start yeah. over. Um, you begin skidding towards the, the base of the ramp. You're kind of zooming down. The boulders are raining into the ground around you. I'm going to roll another tension uh, die for gosh. the passage of time. Go ahead and roll a deck save. Um, as they are slamming into the ground around uh, you. 14. One of them goes straight for Bruiser, but at the last, bare last second, as if you rolled exactly the number you needed, <laughs> Bruiser rolls himself out of the way, uh, continues sliding down, Would and you, you can see... Would you be able to like, kind of jump up and start flying down to, to build up speed, like, like intermittent between sliding and flying to build up speed? Sure. Down? Yeah, that's cool. Um, you can definitely build up some speed. Go ahead and uh, how, how are you going to do it? What check are you going to use? Uh, probably acrobatics. All right. Go ahead and roll an acrobatics check for me to build up speed. 21. 21. You do a pretty good job of it. So you flop out of the way of the first meteor, and so you're kind of like on your belly, sliding feet first. So you're looking up, you know, at the sky above you, and you can see as you look up, that instead of meteors, now the whole sky is raining towards you. It's kind of coalescing into like a red liquidy, it almost looks like lava or magma is pouring down uh, and it's it's headed right for the top of the ramp, like it's gonna race down after you. You roll over and begin accelerating yourself. So you're kind of like, almost like skipping across water where you're like jumping, flaring your wings out, picking up some speed and then narrowing down to continue your slide down the ramp. Um, yeah. I'm gonna add a die to the tension pool for the passage of time here. Um, okay. And we did roll a complication. So as you're soaring down, there's like a big um, kind of like chunk in your way. Like it's just not a perfectly smooth ramp. Uh, and I'm going to give you a chance here. Dodge. Okay, go ahead and roll your deck save. Um, 
Oh, another natural one. Another natural one. You slam right into it for 2d6 of bludgeoning damage, which Jake will roll for you. Can I roll a... Four damage. I, I know, though... Can I roll a deck save to recover and not lose as much speed? Um. Oh, yeah, like to just try and keep yourself moving? Yeah. Sure, yeah, roll a deck save for that. Uh, and that was four points of bludgeoning damage for Bruiser. Yes. Uh, He's getting ten. bruised. Okay, a 10. Um, you are, sure, you're able to kind of recover your speed, and so you keep moving. You've, like, flip almost like you're, you slam into it feet first. Your knees kind of crunch a little bit, but you flip over it, and now you're head first, and so you can keep yeah. the speed going or whatever as you, as you do that. Um, you continue soaring down as the lava begins racing after you, and you can see that at the base of the ramp where it's going to even out, there's a trap door on the ground, but it's got a huge lock sitting on top of it. Um, and you are just soaring towards that. I'm going to add a die to the tension pool for the okay. passage of time. Uh, you are narrowly like staying ahead of the lava, the your speed buoying you along. You reach the trap door. Slate of hand. Okay, slate of hand to pick the lock. Uh, if you have thieves tools, you could use thieves tools um, yes, instead. Yes, I do. Okay, make a dex thieves tools check. Uh, 17. 17. Uh, Bruiser deftly works the locks. I only roll one tension die because of where you rolled. The lava does not catch you, and so you pick the lock, you open up the, the trap door, and you drop down, pulling the trap door shut just as the lava flows over it. The trap door luckily seems to be sealed in such a way where um, nothing is able to drip through. Like, it's a watertight trap door. Yeah. So it doesn't follow you in there. Now you find yourself in complete silence and quiet. Uh, acrobatics for landing wherever I am. Okay, uh, good idea. Go ahead and roll that. Nine. Nine. Uh, it's not pretty, but you only take one d six of fall damage as you kind of cushion your your the end of your fall, which was easily thirty or forty feet. Uh, and Cleo will roll that for you. Say that again. A d six. How much damage? D six. Three. Three points of damage as you land. It's a little rough, but you still are able to, to make the landing. Um, and as you're sitting there, I'm going to add a tension die to the pool for the passage of time. I'm going here. to look around the room um, and see what's here. Okay. Perception, I guess. Uh, sure. Uh, go ahead and roll your perception check. Um, you, 18. The, okay. You can't see anything, but you hear something whooshing towards you. I'm rolling a tension die. Uh, could I make a deck save sure using reflexes yep go ahead and do that uh 19 19 is enough you dodge out of the way as something uh, around fist sized kind of swings past your face uh you hear another whoosh with your perception coming towards you uh deck save of 17 can i catch it uh, so you try to catch it, but with a deck save of 17, it's not enough to catch it. You feel something metallic hit your hand and you take a D4 of piercing damage, which Wash will roll for you. Okay. Um, and then you hear another, whew, something wishes towards you. Uh, another deck save, but I'm not trying to catch it. 11. Okay. One point uh, of damage. 11 is enough to jump out of the way, although you did take one point of yep. um, slashing damage from the thing the first time you tried to catch it. Uh, another one comes wishing towards you. Uh, I'm going to try and catch this one. Okay. With a 17. A 17 is not quite enough to catch it, and so you take another D4 of slashing damage, which Jake would be happy to roll for you. No, I'd be <laughs> so mad to do it. 
And because of that, I rolled a three. All right, three points of damage uh, as it kind of sla- like slashes across your hand. Whatever it is is a little bit sharp on the end. Uh, you hear another whoosh, and something whooshes out of the darkness towards you. Trying to catch it again with a 27. A 27. Uh, you catch it, but the ground drops out from underneath of you. Um, the, the This is the complication I just rolled. Um, but you are able to keep your grip on it. Uh, you begin falling, and you take 2d6 uh, of fall damage because you didn't call out your deck save in time. 2d6 of fall damage, Cleo will roll it for you. Um, and you realize as you're falling, the thing you're holding is a key. Um, I'm so sorry. It's 12. 12 points of damage, uh, bludgeoning damage as Bruiser suddenly, he's like, oh, I got the key! And then he, boom, falls, the ground falls out from underneath of you. Um, it is still complete darkness. It's magical darkness, so even if you have dark yeah. vision, it doesn't apply. Um, and it's completely silent in here. You no longer hear the sound of things flying towards you, although above you, where you were, you can hear the whoosh of things just kind of you know shooting across that space. Yeah. Um, and just kind of, ding, bouncing off of walls or whatever. Um... Could I make another perception check to see if there's a door that this key would go to? Absolutely. Uh, Ten. You are not able to find, uh, with your perception, your sense of, um, you know, like smell and and sight and whatever you can do from a distance. You're not able to identify any kind of uh, exit or door or anything like that. Um, I'm going to roll attention after the passage of time. Start investigating. Okay, you can roll an investigation for me. Uh, non-natural 20. Non-natural 20. Uh, you drop to all fours, and you kind of reach around very gingerly. You successfully dodge out of the way of a poison needle trap as you find the door. The needle boom, springs out and does not reset, um, and you can feel where the lock is that you would need to put the key in. Okay, I will put the key in um, and open the door and then jump through and uh, anticipation, uh, roll a deck save for the fall. Okay, great. Uh, Go ahead and roll your deck save or you can roll acrobatics if you want because you anticipated a fall on the other side. Uh, Natural 20. You jump forwards uh, into bright blinding light um, which would have been totally off-putting if you had not been so prepared. You don't even need your eyes for this. Your nat 20 is so good that you dive between, I kid you not, uh, a, a swinging scythe trap, a ring of blades, and then spikes hanging off the wall to land in a perfect crouch at the base of what is, uh, it turns out to be kind of like a curving tunnel uh, that curves okay. downwards. Uh, you are standing now on a platform, and around you is sort of like a white, silvery mist that even as you look at it begins materializing into something. We'll find out what that something is shortly. Meanwhile, uh, Alan and Fox... Well, Alan, you're hanging off the side of a dragon. Fox, you're floating somewhat nearby. Alan, Fox is close enough that if you wanted to like grab his hand and chuck him onto the dragon, you could do that. But first, I'll need an athletics for you to climb up the leg of Thraxenhow. Yeah. And I'm intrigued That's by whatever a... Jeb wants to do right now. 23. 23. Alan is able to successfully climb uh, up Thraxenhaus' leg and basically get to his back where you can kind of steady your footing. Jeb, what are you up to? Three scorching rays. Uh, One is a 19, one is more than that, and one is like 28. Okay. Yeah, so all three of those hit. Are they hitting airborne creatures? There were three dragon... uh, Draconians. Draconians, thank you. Yep. Um, and so he was just going pop, pop, pop to give them all disadvantage on 
landing. Excellent. Like, Come on, Thraxy, you can stomp on these guys too. Let's see how they do. I don't do. know if it matters with the damage, but. Uh, okay, the first two succeeded. But the last one failed. Uh, so the first two are kind of spinning off course, whatever. They land, but they land prone on Thraxenhaus' back. So they, um, they're they either face down or face up, but they kind of like land and barely catch hold of maybe like one of the spines coming off of his back. The third one is not so lucky. He's knocked so far off course that as Thraxenhaus flares out his wings, it actually baps him aside and he gets thrown into the burning dark wood. Uh, Wilhelm scream? Yeah, <laughs> Wilhelm scream, exactly. Uh, and... As he makes that move, Alan, are you going to pull Fox on? Or, Fox, what are you up to, basically? Yeah, I'm going to roll acrobatics to, as Alan thinks about it. I'm gonna, well, Alan was going to get good footing and then reach out his hand to help Fox. Well, while you're Fox, getting is, good, Fox good is technically fitting, floating in the middle of the air. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to uh, look back at Jeb, point up. And Jeb, whoop. Sends him up. I don't okay. know if it matters to him, but that's nine and twelve damage for those guys that are prone on Thraxenhaus' perfect back. So there are so far five of them on Thraxenhaus' back, five little draconians. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, Alan will try to will do whatever he can to assist Fox getting on between the two of your efforts and Fox's dexterity as a rogue. Yes, easily able to bring him onto Thraxenhaus' back. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna beeline it for one of the prone. One of yeah. the prone boys. Okay. We're going to do initiative in team order, um, which is to say okay. we'll do Fox, then Alan, then Jeb for your team, and then we'll do the Draconians in order um, just because of time, basically. Um, sure, so sure. we'll start with your all turn because a lot of these Draconians have just fallen or skidded or landed or whatever, and then we'll we'll come back around to them. So Fox, go ahead and go first. Alan's yep. intent, Alan will let Fox know that, or at least signal to Fox that... He's pulling out his flamethrower, and if there's any of those draconians that are within 15 foot of each other, he wants to get up and like see if he can kind of get. Are you they know. within 15 feet of each other? Uh, no, not at the moment. They're all kind of scattered across Thraxen House back. Okay. Uh, as well, anyways, Fox, as you run to the first one, make a dexterity save. Okay, that's a 24. Alan, make a dexterity save. Okay. That's a natural one. Alan Oof. fails his dexterity save. Alan, make a... Uh, I don't even know if you get another one with a natural one. Hang on. Okay, that's one fail, one success. One success that's enough to cover someone else's failure. And then one more success. Okay, so Thraxenhow, who has just flared his wings out, darts forwards and when a dragon that you're standing on the back of darts forwards that's a that's a problem for people fox you are able to grab hold of one of the icy spines as your feet are lifted up behind you so that you're completely horizontal you can see that around you some of the draconians have been lucky enough to do that one of them flies downwards and actually soars past owlin who's holding on but then loses his grip and soars down owlin you're gonna lose most of the length of thraxenhow because he's diving his tail is extended straight behind him like he's dashing and so i'm going to give you one attempt to grab the horns at the end of his tail like his his horned tail um so go ahead and roll another save um you can use dexterity or you can justify another skill if you can find a way to justify it 
Well, I mean, Allen, as in anything like this, he his his main benefit is just to brute force it. So he's trying to, similar when he was falling down the mountain, just use any of his extremities to catch on something. I see. And just try to use his brute force to grab. Okay, if that makes sense. So Great. he's gonna if athletics works for that, he would yeah, I'll take that. an athletics for that. Just holding your ah! arms out to collide. Sorry, with I I'm arms. rolling so terribly. Uh, that is a thirteen. Okay. Uh, Alan basically Thraxenhow darts out from under you uh, and you are now approximately 30 feet in the air um, and Thraxenhow is no longer beneath you so that's uh, 30 feet of falling which is 2d6 of fall damage um, as you okay. fall right off of Thraxenhow's <laughs> back as Alan hits the ground and like kind of like gets back up and kind of stretches he'll say something to the tune of that is becoming much more frequent than I would like as he like kind of gets <laughs> yeah. back up. Uh, Fox, who succeeded on his roll, go ahead and continue your attack. It's still technically your turn in combat. Okay. Um, well, he's prone, mm-hmm. so I get an advantage. Uh, it doesn't matter. I rolled nat one on the first roll. Nat one, natural twenty <laughs> on the first roll. Nice, you nat kill 20. him. You stab straight okay. through the first one, and with your nat twenty, um, you don't take any of the poison damage as you kill it. Um, so it, it, maybe it's like, because of some of the icy properties of Thraxenhow, where like you kill it and what should have been a poison spray crystallizes into ice immediately. And you can just kind of kick it away and off the side of, of Thraxenhow. As you look forwards, you see Thraxenhow's huge head rear up at the end of his neck and slam teeth first into one of the shadow dragons, knocking it backwards. They're flying over some of the army. So it's like this dragon has suddenly been flipped like ass over tea kettle and just like, boom, it's being dragged by its neck, which Thraxenhow is holding in its claw or in its, in its teeth dragged on its back across the army's camp. So like tents okay. are going flying to the side until with a juddering, it slams into the cast iron thing, which rocks back a little bit and then comes to a slamming rest on the ground. Uh, Jeb, they're now approximately 400 feet away from you uh, in terms of distance. Um, um, this move like is all part to... of one turn. So Jeb, if you want to make a move before then you can, but that's kind of the end of that dash. Can I, I Jeb would have like during this, would have started running towards Owlin okay. as fast as he can. Sure, you get there. So you and Owlin can both take take a turn. It also sounded like Fox had one other thing you wanted to do. What's up, Fox? Uh, can I use my bonus action to dash to get within striking range of what other other... Yeah, there's three yeah. more of them after the one you've killed. Um, as you dash towards them, you can see that all three of them are reaching into like a little sash they have tied around like a belt and pulling out um, short swords that have runes etched on the sides of them and plunging wingle digits into them um, to activate ciphers. Okay. Um, that's going to bring us to Alan and Jeb. Uh, well, it seems as though those catapults um, do not have enough yep, range. Yeah, we're going to up and he smacks him on the calf uh, and uh, casts fly on both of us. <laughs> okay. Alan, who's just landed, taking 2d6 of fall damage, whoosh, just zooms upwards. Alan, did you roll that, by the way, or do you want me to? Yeah, it took nine damage. Okay, cool. Um, and and just Jeb, like, is there, and then you're flying. Everyone's moving. Jeb, are you in control of this fly, or is it independent? I'm maintaining concentration on the magical effect, um, and I believe he has to stay within 100 feet of... The, well, no, he's got his own rod, so it's just up. But uh, he is in control of his own faculties. Okay, great. So you're flying independently like two little wasps zooming over the army. I'm going to roll a tension die to see if anyone gets a lucky shot off to try and hit you. 
Uh, no. Oh man, that is a complication. One of the people in the army is going to fire an, uh, a knife, an ice knife rifle at you. He's going to roll to hit. It's going to be a, a nice disadvantage rifle. because of the speed you have, but the first roll was a nat one, so it doesn't one. matter. Boom, flies wide as Jeb and Alan zoom by. It's um, like the flak when, like, you know, a yeah, bomber exactly. is like going. Yeah, exactly, like, like anti-air oh. flak um, as, you, as you zoom towards Thrax and Howe. It is now the three remaining draconians on Thrax and Howe's back's turn, um, so they're going to each do some stuff, which involves some rolling. All right, one of them succeeds... One of them fails. One of them fails. Okay, so one of the one of the creatures is actually able to pierce um, one of Thraxenhaus' scales with the short sword. It plunges down in, and then you see little rippling heat waves emanate up from the sword as the cipher in it activates. Thraxenhaus roars, and his head rears back, and you can see that the scale itself chars and falls off of Thraxenhaus. Um, you get the impression that some kind of latent or or like uh, delayed action poison type damage is taking place um, from the the blade that's been impaled in Thraxenhow. The Draconian lets go of that blade and is going to dash towards Fox, who's also dashing towards him. So it's basically going to meet you mid dash, and it's going to try okay. and thrust you off of the dragon. So it's just going to bull rush right into you. This is just an opposed strength check. Okay. Can I use and justify acrobatics to just dodge it rather than oppose it? Totally. I don't even think you even need to roll with what it rolled to hit, but go ahead and roll in case you're not one. <laughs> in case it was, I don't know. Is is twenty one enough? Twenty one will beat the mm. seven. Yes, <laughs> uh, and so you successfully dodge the other two draconians. Um, they are not able to pierce Thraxenhaus' scales with the short swords, but they still have the active short swords in hand. And rather than taking another attack or a move action, they're going to use their second like kind of turn thing to prepare for Fox. So they're they're basically just taking ready stances and and getting ready for his attack. Um, okay. which will translate to you having disadvantage on your attack. Um, and I'm going to roll attention die. the one that tried to push me. That one is past you. Um, so that one does not, okay. he didn't get any preparation. There's two ahead of you and one that soared behind you that Alan and Jeb are closing in on fast. Um, right. Thrax and Hal, uh, you know, having reared up, he uh, aims to take another swipe at the dragon he's pinned. And one of the other shadow dragons launches into him from the side. Boom! The concussive force throws him sideways. Luckily, you are chronal all... shift. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, chronal shift. Uh, Thrax and Howe gets hit, and yeah, Thrax and Howe gets hit by the dragon that roars into him, but it doesn't judder him to the side because he turns it into a grapple. He kind of arcs himself into, like, kind of bends over on himself so that he's. Uh, like almost sitting on the ground on his haunches. Um, the one dragon is resting against this, the cast iron cube, and now he's sitting on his haunches with the other dragon like caught in his hands. So instead of slamming into him and knocking him over, he's caught it with his huge talons, and he roars at it, you think you can out-wrestle me? And he's just like, you know, he's grappling it there, and he gets ready to do some kind of big attack that you don't notice because we zoom back in on Jeb and Owlin, who are <laughs> soaring towards his back. What are the two of you doing? Alan, if Alan saw, at least even from a distance, that uh, the creature putting the sword into the back of Thrax and how caused, uh, like, 
Thraxon how to react that violently. Alan's trying to beeline for that, drop right on that, and pull it out of Thraxon how. Oh, to the sword, not the creature. Yes, correct. Okay, great. Uh, Alan rushes over to the sword. I need Alan to make a um, uh, dexterity. Eh, let's make a strength save. Um, strength save to... This is for the flare of fire that comes off of the sword when you try and grab it. Okay. Gosh, what is my rolling? Uh, 12? 12. It is super hot, and you're not able to to kind of like hold through with that fire damage coming off of Are it. Are you, you raging? Uh, I'll, I mean, he, I have not explicitly said I'm raging yet, no. so no. Um, okay. Yeah, so you don't take any damage. It's just too hot for you to handle I'll long enough to pull it off of, the, off of the Advantage of on the strength dragon. checks when you rage. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so the, but that's where you're located. Takes your, your flying move action because it's up near his okay. neck. So that's, you know, 90 feet of dragon. Um, and then Wash or Jeb, what are you up to? Um, so as Owl and, and Jeb are kind of like side by side, coat and, uh, and loincloth flapping in the wind before Owl and heads off. Jeb's going to be like, if I get hit, I lose concentration. We both go down. Beware of that. If you're going down there, I'm going to stay up high. Stay out of the way. Yes, I'm, I'm going down there. Yes, that sounds perfect. Very good. And as Owlin kind of like peels off to the side, Jeb is going to kind of take a higher position, almost like right behind Thrax and Howe's head, like like up and sure. above, like, op- like abo- ab- above his neck. And Jeb is going to pull from his bandolier. Oh, wait. Dang it. No, I can't do that. He's going to uh, start firing. Okay. A bunch of little uh, a bunch of little stuff at the guys on his back. Just sure, pew, sure. pew, 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 pew. There are two of them between you and Fox, and then one of them further down, like closer to his tail. This is a 27 to hit. I'm rolling hot tonight. Yeah, that's um, a hit. And this is just the single, single beam of fire. Just okay. Boom. Across. You hit one of them with a single beam of fire make sure it's one of the ones in between us sure it's the one in between them great um that is 17 points of fire 17 points of fire damage fox even as you dash towards them having dodged out of the way of one you see the two draconians further up thrax and house hide from you take ready stances and then one of them just gets lanced by some fire from behind and falls to the ground dead um, a little bit of acid kind of splashes out of out of the corpse and crystallizes immediately and gets shaken off um, as, right. as Thrax and how it gets ready to make a move. Um, and is that all three of you? Did all three of you get to go this round? Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Okay, oh, you Fox, didn't? go ahead. No, I did my dash from last round. Mm. I haven't done anything since. Great. Okay, you so go ahead and take your turn. Um, I'm going to go ahead, run up. Uh, I want to grab the There's sword. only one in front of you now. Oh, you're grabbing the sword? Grabbing the sword that had fallen from the one that got struck down. Oh, cool. Oh, Great. Smart. Yep. So smart. You um, grab it. And I'm going to rush up, and I'm just going to go for a running dive into him with a sword, just trying to thrust it into this little guy. Sure, absolutely. Uh, roll to hit. You still have disadvantage because he's got that ready stance. He's looking sure. to dodge you. And would be my mods for that since it's a short sword is that finesse still uh i think short swords are finesse pretty sure they are yeah yeah then in that case that's a 22 to hit 
22 to go. hit is enough. You lance the sword into him, and this incredibly huge like gust of fire bursts out of the sword when it impales him, and he is completely dead, charred, gone, like little ashes floating off of the sword. Um, the, the sword is glowing red hot, but you can tell that the cipher is no longer active. Um, and it seems right. to have been consumable. Like the, the cipher doesn't look like it can be reset. The whole thing is charred, the whole length of it. Sure. Uh, Jeb, I'm an arcana check. I'm rolling. Thinking with my brain. Mm, I only rolled a 10. So that means 22. <laughs> Dang. Uh, Jeb, you recognize a spell of fireball cast at sixth level in a condensed location. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and okay. that brings us around to the villain's Wait. turns. Oh, go ahead. Never mind. I just it doesn't. Say, I'm just throwing away the one I used. I am picking up as he died his before he had a chance to stab it. Oh, that's a good point. I'm going to roll attention die real quick just to see if it broke, but I don't think it did. Nope, it's still there. So you're able to pick up a second one. Um, DM. Yes. Could I plea a case that for Fox to recognize what this is? Since he and I both threw fireballs down into uh, sure, yeah, into Fox that knows five hundred. Nice, that's fine. I'll take Let's that. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, yeah, so that's a fifth level fireball in that spell uh, or in that sword, I should say. Um, uh, okay, and that brings us to the villains. One of them is on Thraxenhaus' back. It's down by the tail, and it's the one that already impaled its sword. It reaches into its little cloak and pulls out another one. Um, and jams the wingle digits into it, it's going to try and impale Thraxenhaus' tail because it can see threats further up the, the body of the dragon from it. Um, it's going to roll to hit. It's not high enough, so it tries to, but maybe the tail moves in such a way where it you know, it kind of glances He's off wagon. the armor, um, and so it's not able He's to a happy hit. Dragon. I'm also going to roll attention die for the passage of the round here. And uh, this time, Thraxenhow, as he's he's now like wrestling the one dragon, the first dragon he hits gets back to its feet, and together with its third companion, the two dark dragons reach up and kind of slam their shoulders into Thraxenhow from behind. Um, he begins falling to the side. All of you who are on the dragon can make a dexterity save to keep your feet. Alan, if you fail, you'll still be flying. You just won't be on Thraxenhow's back anymore. 18. 18's enough. You know, that one in some places. No, I did not get in that one. Okay, just because I take a slow breath and start trying to argue two? a nonsensical point so. doesn't mean that I rolled a two on the die and thus got eleven. Though in this particular case, Fox it does mean <laughs> Fox loses his footing most of the way up Thraxenhaus back as he's launched to the side, and so imagine you're standing in a field of vertical spikes, right? The ice spikes on his back. Mm. That field falls sideways. And so now you are um, falling between those spikes like handlebars. Um, Make a dexterity save to try and catch one of them to arrest your fall. Otherwise, you're going to fall onto the ground. 16? 16's enough. So Fox catches himself and he's hanging there um, and you didn't take any damage from it. But the next round, you'll need to right yourself, which will cost uh, half your move action just like going prone would. Um, Alan, you're able to basically grab hold of one of those spikes. So you are still standing. It's just that the floor is now on the side. 
Um, and Jeb, you're you're up by Thraxenau's head, so that's fine. Thraxenau roars angrily and gusts out a huge ice breath, which uh, flares around one of the shadow dragons and fully encases its head in a block of ice. Um, nice. And it seems like it's probably out for a round or two as it ice tries to like ice. claw the ice off of its head. Um, we uh, cut from here back to your three. No, we don't. I'm sorry. We missed something. Uh, as Thraxen how flies to the side, because he fell on his side, three draconians splat into his belly instead of landing on his back um, <laughs> from more of the um, more of the the catapults that the army had, you know, deeper in its camp. Um, but one thing appears out of a blur as if it's teleported into position right behind Alan. Jeb and Fox both see it, but Alan does not as the shadow creature that teleported onto uh, Thraxen House back tries to wrap one of its spiked chains around Alan. It's going to roll that attack. One thing. I don't know why. It doesn't even matter how hard you try. Uh, that is a... Tele- it teleported behind me. That's an 18 to hit. Does that hit? <laughs> yeah, an 18 hits. Okay, an 18 Chronal hits. Chronal shift. Uh, it, is that a reroll or a fail? That's a reroll. Reroll. Boom. Chronal shift. Reroll, rerolls. Nat one. The chain wraps around Alan. Alan, you actually feel the spikes of like the poison tipped spikes of the chain press into your skin. But before they pierce the skin, it almost like it almost like goes incorporeal and falls through you as the creature's arm just rewinds and it tries again to make that throw. But the time it cost while Jeb was rewinding its action was enough time for Thraxen how to write himself. And so instead of hitting you, the shadow creature is thrown into one of the spikes um, next to you. It catches itself and arrests its fall, but is not able to take that attack action. And so now it is you Fox and Jeb's turn. Um, and there's only a shadow creature on Thraxen House back because the Draconians bounced off his belly. Um, okay. Not today, Greater Restoration. Thraxen House has stood up, so you're all right side up. Uh, all right. Alan would like to rage and then double attack the uh, shadow creature. I figured Alan would want to do something like that. <laughs> um, so the shadow creature needs to make a... Uh, Dex saving throw against the lightning strike that's about to happen with Alan's rage. Um, when Alan rages, his incorporeal wings. It's uh, another nat one. Let's go. Okay. Uh, He's just um, not having a good day. Things are rough for this guy. Takes, yeah. Takes five lightning damage as when Alan rages, his incorporeal wings form. And as he's like gone further and further and kept. Uh, like going more into this storm herald barbarian pathway for him. His wings now look like they're like made of lightning. And uh, uh, when the storm cloud forms around him and the lightning strikes, that's like when his wings become the most like fully formed. And then he is going to do two attacks with the scimitar of speed. One of them is a 19 and the other one is a 27. Uh, both of those, just double checking. Yeah, both of those hit. Okay. Total damage is 21. 21 points of damage as Alan just boom, boom, hits it. Uh, the the shadow creature, which has like braced itself on one of those those spikes coming out of Thraxenhaus' back, takes the hits, just full on eats them. 
um, and it kind of like rears back its pale face, <laughs> kind of opens its jaw and hinges, and it gives a little bit of a roar. Um, it's going to use one of its legendary actions to teleport away um, to yeah. relative safety. It's still on Thraxenhaus back. Jeb and Fox, both of you can see where it went, but Alan would need to roll a perception check because it was only trying to hide from him. So um, it's up near Thraxenhaus' neck now, um, like right near the base of its head, pretty close to Jeb, actually. Well, um, that's what I'm doing. What are you doing? Um, Jeb is going to land on Thraxenhaus' head. Okay. Um, and he's just going to kind of whisper to himself, sorry about this, Alan. And he is going to drop concentration on fly, and Alwyn will feel his feet sink a little heavier into Thraxenhaus' back. Okay. Um, and he's going to pull a solid black, almost onyx or vanta black um, spell shell from his bandolier The that contains the purely condensed 7th uh, level go. chaotic energy that he pulled from that Mavira clone thing. Okay. And he's going to load it into Big Boy. And he is going to cast Unbeam. Um, he shoots it like almost like a mortar straight up into the air and it kind of up into this this big firework where it condenses down into this like miniature sun that just kind of hovers in front of him and that he's like holding with the like balancing it above the uh, the blunderbuss blade, and it arcs out of it. Uh, it's got a sixty foot range, five feet wide, and it's just gonna. Boom. It is actually sunlight, and it's going to hit or shoot at this uh, shadow creature. It needs to make a Constitution saving throw. It's gonna try, Cleo. Do you know that your make- Discord is up? Is it? Oh, no, I do not. <laughs> Got that screen share within a screen share. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> oh, there it is. Constitution saving throw of 15. It needs to beat a 16. It does not beat it. It takes 6d8 radiant damage and is oh, blinded until my next turn. 68 <laughs> radiant damage? 6d8 radiant damage. I'm rolling it right now. It explodes in a puff of Five, uh, limbo six. energy. Uh, it's a shadow that creature. Is... That's a vulnerability. No way it survives. I guess you could roll all ones. 35 yeah, pff, easily. To radiant damage. Yep, it's dead. Um, <laughs> and so it just <laughs> shoots off of him. Um, but the the ball, the sun, stays there, and it starts to glow up for Jeb's next turn. I get to maintain concentration on this and fire it. For an entire minute, is it Let's a go. is it an area oh, of effect turns. spell? How does it? It is it, so he, he just controls this. What I'm little... trying to figure out is if Thraxenhow is in danger from it because you just blasted this not. thing out of it. Okay, um, no, so it's it, not like it, it just keeps a, going through. No, it, well, it's sixty feet and five feet wide. Got it. Okay, so you can position. So it he was like aiming perfect. it, yeah, like positioning yep. it down there. Awesome. But as uh, as he just obliterates this shadow creature. Jeb starts to turn around and point towards one of the shadow dragons. Chat's Let's like dusted. <laughs> Let's go. Turn it around and point it at one of the shadow dragons. We'll roll that save and, and deal with that effect in a little bit. Um, yep. he's, well, he's going to fire it off next turn. He gets okay. to fire it out every single turn. Perfect. Um, for 10 turns. Okay. That's insane. Uh, 
I think Alan has a move yet, right? Or no, Alan already went because he started beating up the shadow creature and Jeb finished yeah, it. Alan, Alan, Alan raged and double attacked. Yeah. yeah. Fox, what are you up to? Uh, so you said there was nobody else on the back, but that little little bastard who was stabbing at the tail, is he still there? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go deal with him. Okay. Uh, so we're horizontal again, right? You're horizontal again, yes. Okay, when I fell, how close I am, am I to the tail? Uh, you could make it in a dash. Okay, but that would be a dash. Oh, yeah. All right, yeah, so bonus, bonus action, action dash. dash yeah. yep. You got it. Bonus action uh, dash. I'm going to do the same thing where I'm just going to charge forward and, and go impale for the impalement. Man, and, the optics uh, of this fight are so cool. Like, Jeb and Owlin <laughs> yes, are blowing up this shadow creature as Fox sprints down the back of a dragon. All right. I'm here for it. That's only a 12. Uh, it's a draconian. Let me see. I think that's enough. Oh, no, it's not. Um, the draconian dodges dexterously out of the way as you blast towards it. Um, luckily, with your roguish instincts, you're, you don't like run off the back of Thraxenhauer or anything. Sure. But you're now like you're pretty much in melee range. Um, we'll assume that you actually. I guess that is a question. Do you have the action economy left to disengage? Uh, no, I do not. Action, yeah. Okay, so, so we're, it's gonna, we're engaged. Yeah, so you're either we're, engaged we're or get uh, next year. Um, <laughs> save the dates coming coming any day now yeah <laughs> love that um okay so yeah you're just down there fox bolts down thrax and Howl's body gets to the end of the tail and kind of skids into combat while jeb and owlin are up near thrax and Howl's head kind of taking part in the larger fight as thrax and Howl feels um the the kind of weapon being aimed at one of the shadow dragons you feel the his enormous legs begin kind of tensing and you can feel the the power building and then he leaps forwards grabs one of the dragons and it's the uh the one that he was already fighting so he's kind of engaged with it already drags it along the ground but only for like 10 feet before his huge wings flare out to the side and he takes to the sky leaps up in the air dragging one of these shadow dragons with him launching it into the side of the cast iron thing slams it into the side and then flies up there and goes straight up he's going to dive into the sword i'm gonna or into the sword into the blizzard i need dexterity saves from everybody who is on thraxen house back including the draconian ah the draconian nat 20 the draconian's all good so because of the draconian nat 20 and i can see this draconian nat 20 can I just like absorb some of that nat twenty no. energy? Did you nat one? <laughs> I didn't nat one. Why do you always assume when I start debating that I nat one? Obviously, I nat twoed yeah. and got an two, eleven. An eleven? <laughs> I don't think an eleven's gonna do it. Alan uh, got a twelve. Ooh. Okay, Alan, you're up near the top of Thraxen House, so as he goes vertically, yeah. you've got a whole field of spines to grab hold of. So you can have two deck saves before you fall off his back. Fox is at the end of his tail engaged in combat. Um, Fox, I don't think there's anything for you to grab hold of. I think Fox falls off of Thraxenhow. The only good thing about it is that he probably falls early enough that uh, there's only like maybe one or two D6 of fall damage. I'll roll a attention die to see. If you roll a complication, then you're more than 50 feet up. Okay, so you're 20 feet up. You take one D6 of fall damage. 
Alan okay. rolled a six and a five on his two Oof. chances. So Alan also gets flung off of Thraxenhaus back. So there's only Jeb up there unless Jeb also failed his save. How did Jeb do? Did, so, Je- did Jeb not one? So hear me out. So hear so me, hear me out. out. Did Jeb not one? I did not not one. Okay. So Jeb didn't not one either. Okay. Um, but he did roll a five. He rolled a five as Thraxenhaus <laughs> jets upwards into the blizzard, kind of surrounded by the snowy mist of that storm, and the three of you fall off. We find ourselves plunged into a different uh, white ethereal mist, a sort of gray, silvery mist that begins forming into structures even as Bruiser looks at it. Bruiser, you see what looks to be almost like an obstacle course forming out of the walls around you. Um, you see, you know, uh, uh, big rings that you could leap through. You see walls that could be climbed. You see trampolines you can bounce on. It almost looks like a playground for rogues, um, okay. if that makes any sense. You just yeah. you just see all of these different, any configuration of obstacles you can imagine, they're present here. Okay. He's going to uh, eagerly approach the obstacle course. Okay. You walk towards the obstacle course. I'm going to roll attention die. Uh, nothing in particular seems to happen as you approach the obstacle course. I'm going to roll attention die. Okay. Um, and he's going to just start, uh, bouncing around in the obstacle course. Uh, probably heading for the trampoline first. Perfect. Acrobatics. Uh, he wants to do acrobatics. Yeah. That's a 15. 15. Uh, Bruiser does an exceptional jump off of the trampoline, gets some great height, and as he jumps, you see rings begin appearing in front of you, hanging from the misty ceiling. Grab ring. Deck save. Deck save. Sure. Deck save will grab it. It won't continue your momentum, but it'll grab hold of it. 17. 17. Easily enough. Uh, You leap up, you grab the rings. You're now holding on to them. You can see that ahead of you, more rings are forming, and then the rings that you're holding on to are beginning to fade and go incorporeal. Okay, he uh, swings to grab the next ring with acrobatics. Okay. 19. 19. Easy. And you're able to build up enough momentum that uh, as the rings are fading away, you leap towards the next one already rather than falling um, you continue kind of leaping through this course for a little bit until you see at the end there is a platform there that you could jump onto. Okay, he's going to, on the last set of rings, do like an extra, take an extra swing to build up momentum and and try and do a flip. Okay, he's going to do a flip. Uh, go ahead and roll. Uh, non-natural 20. Non-natural 20. You do an exceptional flip. It looks, it looks gymnastics worthy, which is convenient because as you come to a landing, the mist clears and you see a stadium, a crowd of enthusiasts, of fans, of 72 eons of dexterous people and athletes from previous uh, eras cheering and going crazy. Yeah, they're getting all excited having watched your, your routine as the platform you're on begins magically descending to the ground. Um, and you see one of them walk out towards you with a, a very small, um, you know, cause you're, you're a smaller creature. So like a very small kind of lanyard with like a metal hanging off of the end of it. They walk towards you. They're kind of holding it out. Um, and as they do, that, I'm going to roll attention die for the passage of time. Uh, they're continuing to approach you. I'm going to roll another one. Okay. Um, walk towards I'm you going to approach them. Okay. You approach them. Descending. Uh, nope, you're on the ground now. That's fine. You approach them. 
Um, they're approaching you. We hit a complication die uh, from one of the onlookers in the crowd chucks a rock at you. Go ahead and roll a dexterity save to see if you can avoid it. Uh, 25. Bruiser leaps aside with a 25, gets out of the way. The person who's got the medal again turns and just kind of walks towards you, holding it out, you know, kind of in I, that uh, like head shape. reach out for the medal? You reach out for the medal. As you reach out for it, um, you uh, fall through the mist in the floor and you appear again back on the platform. The person with the metal shakes their head, kind of like, I can't believe you did that, and begins walking towards you holding out the metal. I'm going to roll attention die for the passage of time. Um, could I roll, I guess, just straight dexterity to try be faster than them? Uh, sleight of hand, I guess? You Sure, yeah, you could try that. Go ahead and roll sleight of hand. Uh, tw- not natural 20. It's enough. You snatch the the metal right out of the person's hand. Uh, and are you going to put it on? Yes. As you put it on, you open your eyes and you're on the airship. Um, you're, you're on the airship. The metal that you found is now in your hand. It's just the metal, not the lanyard. It's a very small, like the size of a quarter, um, little little gold token. And you can see on the very top of the ivory rod, there's a little slot that you can place it inside of as you're kind of contemplating all these options. Yeah. You, you set it in there um, and you feel the attunement complete. And as the attunement completes all the soreness that um, comes from some of your failed tasks in the rod comes back and hits you. Um, You did not fail enough things to suffer a long-term injury, but you had enough low rolls that for the next three long rests, you will have one layer of exhaustion that you can't get rid of. Um, Other than that, you are fully attuned. So you, um, your, your attunement is complete and you feel yourself being very, very dexterous. As you look <laughs> down at the rod, the runes now disappear. Um, as you kind of think to yourself about like any skill, the runes begin to form instructions for that skill. So if you wanted to train in a new skill, the rod would actually be able to teach you any skill rather than you having to find a mentor. Um, the rest of the things the rod does we'll have to wait for later because as you're contemplating that and thinking it's cool, you look out the window just in time to see Thraxenhow vertically dragging a shadow dragon soar past your window. And as he does, he's followed by a trail of blizzard and the, the craft finally begins kind of spinning or skidding out of control as poor Radford and, um, and Bruiser up there at the top. Like they, no, they, this way is left. This way is left. It's not about left. It's about the wake that the dragon flew past. And the craft is beginning to list to the side. I'm going to sprint to the helm area. Okay, you dash up to the helm area. I'm going to roll one tension oh, thank die. Thank goodness. Oh, thank you. It's all yours. I don't want to touch take this it, thing take anymore. Take it, take it, uh, take it. Take it, take it, Bradford is literally flying like in circles around the room because the floor is moving too much for him to stand on. So he's like flying in circles. <laughs> how how long was I out for? Uh, he was out. That, I don't know. Yeah, like, like 15, <laughs> 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought you were asking in character. My bad. <laughs> I oh, I sorry. I I didn't realize that. That's my bad. My bad. Um, meanwhile, you were out long enough that on the ground, pretty much directly below the airship, are three intrepid heroes who have fallen to to the ground at the base of a five hundred by five hundred by five hundred cast iron container with an army sprawling around them. I'm gonna roll attention die. How much fall damage do we take? How long? How far do we uh, fall? Yeah, and would I have time to have done something? 
you would have time for uh, one action. Or actually, Jeb, we didn't give you your two deck saves to grab Thrax and House Spikes on your way up. Oh, that's true. So you can you can make those. Alan and Fox take uh, Al- Alan take two d six. Fox take one d six of fall. Already did. Alan was raging, so he takes half. Good for him. 17 on the first deck save. Oh, 17 is actually enough. So Jeb falls, but he's able to just barely grab hold. And so you're hanging on as Thrax and Hal is going straight up. So Bruiser, when he sees Thrax and Hal soaring vertically, you also see Jeb just like hanging on with his little mole claws (laughs) off the side of Thrax and Hal as he (laughs) flies vertically up into the sunbeam, just like waving around. (laughs) <laughs> um, well, my my responsibility is to the airship and the people on the airship, so I'm going to make sure that we just stay on course as unharmed as possible. Absolutely. Fox and uh, Owlin, the two of you are kind of picking yourselves up on the ground, and based on the tension die roll, I'm going to give you the first move. You're surrounded by army. None of them seem to have particularly noticed you yet. Like, you know, Thrax and Howe just roared through here. So um, you kind of have a round where you're you're a little bit unseen, if you want to try and figure right. something out. I'm immediately just as I'm imagining that um, Alvin falls just not maybe a couple seconds after I did. As soon as he hits the ground, I'm just tossing mud on him. Oh, okay. Smearing him up. Um, I'm, I'm also smearing it into myself a bit. I want to make us look unrecognizable uh, a little bit. Um, so are you trying to hide in the mud or look like soldiers who are dirty because Thrax and Howe just flew over you? Soldiers who are dirty. Okay, so both of you roll deception with advantage. Here's right. the, the roll to see through you. Nat 20, thank you for the advantage. Let's go. 16. Let's go with a 15. The soldiers, they you know, a couple of them even run over and like pick you up. Like, oh my gosh, that thing is huge. And they kind of like set you back on your feet. All right, get to your positions. And they kind of, you know, run uh, yeah, off back. Yeah, into the that thing is really huge. This is not my normal voice. <laughs> um, I'm going to be like, uh, uh, whoa, that was crazy. And as I say that, I'm going to like point at one of the uh, shadow dragons. Yeah. Uh, how close is the nearest one to us? I figure we're a little distance, but yeah, probably lucky. Probably fifty, sixty feet, something like that. They were all closed in on Thraxen Howe until he bolted. So they're you know, they're pretty close proximity to you. Perfect. Um I'm gonna cast Fairy Fire. Oh nice on uh on the shadow thing. Uh, um Okay. It's just outlined in um bright blue. Roll stealth with disadvantage to maintain your deception. Can Alan try to uh, assist by like pretending like Alan lost his footing a little bit and needs uh, Fox to support him up and like make like Fox reaching out his arm look like Fox is like giving him a hand to help him up? Sure, I will also give them a disadvantage then. All right, I got sixteen. They got a ten. Uh, so they they don't notice as you cast fairy fire and one of the dragons is there but a call does go up spellcaster spellcaster and they they begin looking around for whoever the spellcaster is um so all right future tension die may apply to your disguises uh come on we gotta we gotta get to the med tent 
bro that was crazy we yeah, zoom yeah. we zoom back up into the sky where jeb is hanging off the side of uh thrax and hell engaged in a fight with one ice dragon what's up wash you're making you're making big smile i just messaged jake something what's going on we're, we're up in the sky you're up in the sky fighting with one sh- i mean you're thrax and i was vertical so you would need to climb uh to get to back to the top of his head you've caught yourself somewhere on his neck so you could like climb to a shoulder or something, you know, like to get a, an advantage point to aim at the shadow dragon. Okay. Um, yes. So I don't have an vantage point here. No. Okay. Uh, what you said that was an acrobatics check or a... athletics? Athletics check. Well, that's not good. Um, the roll was actually pretty good. That is a very respectable. 16 from 16. this tiny little wizard mole folk wind whipping through your hair your hat trying to lift off your head at every opportunity jeb is able to just claw over claw climb his way up to thraxen shoulder um you are now looking thraxen his front two legs are holding the dragon by the throat so you can see that that's how he dragged it through the camp and up the side of the cast iron tub and he's now mm-hmm. roaring up there. You can feel the air beginning to chill as he charges his breath weapon. And he snarls in the face of the other dragon. He says, you are a mockery of a dragon. And he begins kind of charging his attack. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to sunbeam. I'm going to say, yeah, <laughs> you're not as cool as my friend Thraxen now. And just boom. He needs to make a constitution saving throw. Okay. Uh-oh. Oh, it hung on the nat 20 for a long time before it finished rolling. Uh, it is an 8 on the die. That's a constitution save? Yep. 13. It's going to be to 16. It does not be to 16. 26 radiant damage. 26 and if radiant damage. And if it's, it could be doubled. Could yep. be doubled. 26 radiant yep. damage blasts into it, and it literally like carves a sunbeam-shaped hole through its shoulder. <laughs> and you hear the sound of children laughing as the limbo energy scatters back into chaos of this shadow dragon. Uh, it roars in pain and anger and defiance of Thrax and Hal, you know, rearing back its head, uh, kind of snarling. And um, it uses its breath weapon to attack Thrax and Hal. You see this wave of ghostly purple flame kind of rush out of its mouth. Um, and Thrax and Hal makes a save... It goes very poorly. Um, you see Thraxen how like some of the scales and skin around his face and his neck begin to almost get gangrene and like rot off of him as the breath weapon of this dragon hits it. Um, and Thraxen how actually releases his hold on the dragon's neck and the dragon flares its wings out and spins into a kind of a pursuit position. I'm going to roll attention die. It does not catch up to him and get another bite in this turn. Uh, we jump back down to the ground level where um Owlin and fox are headed to the med bay i guess yes actually the yep, med we're, tent. we're heading to the med tent okay yeah you head to one of the med tents there are several in the camp uh alan is uh uh one of their spellcasters got to me i need i need greater restoration uh, my, my friend needs some greater restoration over here come on it's somebody over here come on roll deception with advantage <laughs> 
<laughs> so this boom, 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 boom. That's that, yeah, that was the advantage piece right that there. That was the selling point. Yeah. The number to beat is 17. Wait, who's rolling it? Me Alan or... Is. Oh, are you sure it's advantage. a 17 that I have to be? I'm with sure advantage. it's a 17. With advantage. Yeah, uh, I know. I rolled a 3 on the die and then a 10 on the die. Ooh. So Ooh. An 11. It's, it's not enough. Um, you, uh, Alan, instead of getting greater restoration, I need you to make a wisdom save. What does that... Why? Oh, there's an Abolith and one of the freaking thingamabobbers. Freaking freak. What a freak. <laughs> what, what a freak, freak those, those apples are. What a freak. Come on. Yeah, that'll learn them. The freaking freak. Uh, that's another 11. I'm not ruling very It's another well. 11. Owlin has been enslaved by the Aboleth. Um, Fox, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, shoot. Do In I not make mantic? a deception? What's up? Do I not In... make a deception check? Uh, no. Okay. All right, hear me out. <laughs> no, guys, no. Is a great number. I agree. Eleven is a great number. I wish that it was enough for this. Was save. it on the die or was that total? Total. Fox is enslaved by the Abolith. <laughs> uh, Jeb, you are. I guess we're gonna just cut to Jeb uh, and his fight with Thraxenhow for now. Um, Thraxenhow having um like kind of lost his grip on the other dragon he's going to immediately arc and dive um because you're on his shoulder that means you're basically being flattened against his shoulder so jeb does not lose his purchase or his grip or anything like that um but thraxenhow is diving straight down back towards the camp he's going to attack one of the other dragons as he slams into the camp there's a ton of collateral damage um and you know what this is this is how much i love you that collateral damage, we're going to roll to see if the med tent is one of the things that gets quote-unquote bombed by dive-bombing Draxenhow. And we're going to let Trevor roll. We're going to keep it so honest. Trevor's going to roll. Nice. Trevor's going to roll a... Um, let's see. Let's have Trevor roll a percentile die. Okay. And we're going to say it's a, it's a smallish army camp because they were split into, into thirds. Okay. Um, so Thraxenhow probably makes up probably a good 40% of the camp. So, uh, so you, you said he was like 90 feet long or something yeah. like that. He's a big so, boy. So Fox and Owlin, do you want the top 40% or the bottom 40%? Ooh, do we, do we want, uh, 16 above or, do, or do we want below 40? We want top 40 radio hits of, of today. <laughs> All right. Okay. Trevor Let's is go. the role 60 or above. I haven't rolled yet. I was waiting. For you. <laughs> <laughs> roll, roll um, the D one hundred. I did. You guys will not be happy. <laughs> oh no! It is don't tell me you got like nine. Fifty nine. No, no, no. I was only about to say, don't say it's fifty nine. It's a fifty nine. Would it have mattered either way? Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Would have missed both. See, you guys should have picked the third option, the middle 40%. Mm. Middle 40%. Middle 40. That's the radio hits we all want to hear. As a middle 40, and I, I, I approve. Uh, with a huge concussive <sighs> impact on the ground, tents go flying, soldiers are knocked over, draconians are dying in little spurts of acidy explosions. Um, Owlin and Fox, both of you are commanded by the Aboleths to catapult yourselves back onto Thraxenhow. 
um, at the nearest catapult machine. You find one in good operable order. Um, Great. Good for us. I'm glad. <laughs> yes. This is a reminder. You, you pull this thing back and then it flings us, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, if does... we fail our decks, <laughs> then maybe we'll get bopped again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's hoping we fail and slam into the side of an angry ice dragon. <laughs> so and regain our composure. When Just we, fling badger tavern. Do we fling ourselves this turn, or do we do it? Uh... You're gonna fling this turn. This this okay. would have been the command from when you were enslaved. So you've positioned yourself. This is the launch. So. Um, you see, Jeb, you see um, Fox and Owlin soaring back through the air. They have somehow heroically found another catapult and are on their way to help you. Good on them. As they soar towards Thrax and Hal. Okay. What's, uh, what's, what's, what do we roll? Is it dex? Acrobatics, if you're acrobatics. trained in it. And uh, actually, we said that Fox could use acrobatics and you could use athletics last time. So that will oh, do that. I, I would love it if Alan could use acrobatics this time. I, you know what? I'll allow it. It's allowed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was actually going to argue against and be like, I, you know, in terms of. You yeah, that's what? an no. eight. I think Alan has to get bopped. He, that's an uh, eight. So he slams right into it. Oh, as a reminder, <laughs> I, I will, I will stay with acrobatics. You know. Okay. Uh, because you know I'm I'm enslaved. Mm-hmm. Okay, as Alan but... Alan will be enslaved. Too. He'll act in his best interests. Uh, so that's actually a fourteen for Alan. Okay, Alan still failed. Okay, nice. <laughs> and you uh, get to keep your honor. Good on you. <laughs> failed honorably. So I just want you to know, I have a modifier of a nine. Okay. In my acrobatics. Uh, I rolled a two on the die, baby. Wow. Nice. <laughs> Jeb, for the second time, watches his companions heroically <laughs> sail through the air towards Thraxanel and heroically slam into his leg. Both of you roll constitution saves to maintain consciousness. Uh, Do we also roll a wisdom save again? Because we got bopped. Yeah, you can roll your wisdom saves as well. 19. Okay. All right. I uh, rolled my constitution first. Okay. I am unconscious. Okay. Your your enslavement is broken. Unconsciousness breaks it. Oh, Um, I had a 16. I had a 16 con and an 18 and a 19 uh, save. Okay. Uh, You can go ahead and roll a strength save to catch yourself and climb up just like last time. And Fox will fall unconscious just like last time. (laughs) But am I not enslaved anymore with the 19? You're not enslaved. Yep. Neither of you you is enslaved. (laughs) (laughs) One way or another. (laughs) Mission failed successfully. Nice. Alan got a 12 to climb up. Alan got a 12 to climb up. Alan, uh, it's slow going, but you eventually make it up there. You'll miss like the next round. Fox, uh, you're unconscious. You fall back off of Thrax and Howl and to the ground. Alan, you see Fox is unconscious. You know. Oh, can Alan try to, like, athletic save or or strength save grab him? Or no? Make a strength save at disadvantage because you're having trouble climbing already. So make your strength save at disadvantage. Oh, that's going to be bad. Yeah, that's an eight. That's an eight. It's not enough. Um, Jeb, you also see Fox falling unconscious off of Thrax and Howl. Is he around Thrax and Howl's feet? Yes. He bounced off that his leg. That is not good. Yeah. Uh, and that brings us to the bad guy's turn. Um, I believe I get another sunbeam, oh, unless okay. I'm mistaken. Yep, go ahead and sunny side up. Um, is the one sunny flying like up. still up on the upper side of the blizzard? Uh, it's chasing you. It's in pursuit. Okay, well, I would like to 
have it make a constitution saving throw as I want to try to burn another hole through its, preferably through its face and down through its neck and out its bottom. Okay. That's what I would like to do. Yeah. I was about to say, I'm imagining as this thing dives forward, you're like, no. And <laughs> you just cure it Engulf on the sunbeam. It, yeah. Did it uh, save? Oh, I forgot. DC to roll. 16 con save? We're rolling right now. It has a plus five. 10. Does not That's save. Fail. And Woo-hoo! it takes 22 radiant damage. 22 radiant damage. Actually, it takes 44 radiant damage. Nice. Um, and I'm happy it does, about that. It does just split down the middle. Um, oh, let's go. And it doesn't even land like on anything because it's kind of dissolving into limbo energy. So it just <laughs> kind of, you know, dissipates. bursts apart, dissipates. And you get a couple weird like sounds and shapes. You see a rainbow very briefly through the air, even though it's blizzarding up above you and stuff. You know, just all kinds of weird stuff is happening. Yeah. Um, at the same time as that, as it breaks apart, you look up into the eyes of an Aboleth suspended up above you. Ah. Uh, teeth bared, enraged, tentacles flared out to the sides. Um, it is attempting to intimidate you. So that would be a, yeah, a charisma save on your behalf. Uh, the DC okay. to beat is a 22 oh, to avoid That's being frightened. Uh, that is literally impossible because I have a plus can, one charisma. You can roll it at 20, so it's still possible. It's a one in 20. I mean, yeah. That's a 5% chance. 5% chance. Five percent chance to look like a badass. <laughs> All right, just saying. Ninety percent right. mental. Here we go. Five percent physical. Five percent chance. I'm gonna to roll look my like my clear yeah. <laughs> classic red. Hundred percent chance to remember the name. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I thought that was going to. Jeb's gonna holler out, "Remember me." <laughs> <laughs> Witness me. <laughs> that is a three. Oh, it's so a three. four total. Jeb is terrified. Um, you can either stand still or move away from the Aboleth, but as long as you can see it, those are your two available options, as well as a charisma save, which you can take at the end of each turn to try and overcome your fear. What were the two options? You can stand sit still, still or you can move away from the Aboleth. Mm. Okay. Okay. I'm going to roll. Would you roll something for me, DM? Yeah. I just need to know an even odd. If you want to flip a fun coin or something like that, you can do that too. I need to know. I, I don't know if Jeb would fight or flight because he's already got this sunbeam like blaring out. Okay. Um, and I don't know if he would run away from this thing or just fire it, like stand still and fire it in his direction. Okay. Uh, what do you want even to be and what do you want odd to be? Um, let's see. Turn tail and run. So tails to run. And uh, and heads to stand his ground. I always thought tails on people were a little odd. As in, like, he turned tail and ran? I get it. Yeah. Uh, Jeb does not turn tail and run. He's sitting still. Okay. But he's he's frozen. Yeah, he's basically frozen. Not not frozen in the mechanical way, but he's, right, you know, right. he's trapped in place, basically. You um, can still action economy stuff yeah you, you yeah, just yeah. have disadvantage on ability checks and attack rules which luckily a sunbeam is not either of those mm-hmm. that's true um 
the the Abeleth having intimidated you is going to turn its attention to Fraxenhal, who's going to roll a wisdom save. Is it just floating in the air? Yes. Okay. That was weird. Thraxenhow does not pass his wisdom save. Yo, what? Thraxenhow comes to a skidding halt in the middle of the battlefield and oh, stands no. still. We never thought of the worst possible outcome. <laughs> no, we did not. I thought he'd get like legendary resistances or something. Jeb. Mm. That's fair. He, he would probably did. use a legendary resistance on that. He would probably choose to succeed there. Um, I wasn't thinking about those because I always think of them in a combat circumstance uh, where he's oh, looking for sure. a thing to succeed on there. But you're right. He would absolutely use a legendary resistance on that. So the Aboleth seems to focus on Thrax and how, and for a moment you see his like the the animal cunning goes to battle with like the political mm. intrigue. Um, and then he snaps up and he says, no fish. And he launches himself <laughs> towards the Aboleth. <laughs> uh, he's going to soar in its direction and roll an attack. Ooh, and he nat ones on no! his attempt to attack the Aboleth. Um, he rushes towards the Aboleth. And before he can get there, the Aboleth poof vanishes from where it was suspended and uh, Thraxenhow is not able to hit it. However, Thraxenhow is able to drag, I think, all three of you, right? Did we, did we pick up Fox? Or did we Fox leave? Fox is unconscious on the, ground. on the ground. Okay, Fox is unconscious. The other two of you, Thraxenhow launches out of the camp with as he flies through where the Aboleth was. However, he whips around so fast when the Aboleth disappears, like he's hunting. Um, he whips around, and he hovers in place with one huge wing beat, um, he takes Let in the whole know. camp looking for where the Aboleth went. He comes to the conclusion that it must be in the cast iron thing. And he no. lands on it and begins frost breathing on the roof of it yeah. to, to freeze the cast iron. Um, the army below, of course, is freaking out at the sight of this. Sickle. I'm going to roll a tension die to see if Fox gets trampled in the, in the rush. No, oh, no. So wait, far, wait, wait. go ahead. I was unconscious. And I'd probably take fall damage, which was never told to me. Okay. Do I take a chance to wake up from the fall damage? Sure. Take 1d6 of fall damage and roll a constitution save. DC straight 10 to wake up. Sleeping peacefully and then you get... 17 on the die. 17 on the die. You're awake. Fox wakes up, so he just like blacks out, wakes up, and in the in the space between when you blacked out and when you woke up, Thraxen Howe is gone. He's like <laughs> leapt into the distance, chasing an Aboleth, and All then you right, finally, uh, so- as your eyes come into focus, you see him perched five hundred feet above you over the cast iron tub. Uh, I'm gonna while people are probably not looking at the man covered in mud at in the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna basically uh shapeshift into um a middle-aged man and use my armor that can also shapeshift with me to look like what i've been seeing around me absolutely that's a great idea i'm gonna go to the med tent (laughs) again because it's still standing we've established (laughs) that's true you go back to the med tent again um and this time I just stop me whenever, like, you know, you need to cut to other stuff. But I'm gonna look. You, you I'm hear gonna Al- Alan in your voice in your head. Two ciphers of greater restoration. <laughs> one for me, one for Gunner. Two ciphers <laughs> of greater restoration. I'm gonna remember what uh, 
the medical staff were dressed in. Okay. And I'm going to, as I round the corner, shapeshift into their uniform. Great. Make a stealth check with advantage to do the shapeshifting without being spotted. These are busy medical professionals. They're not really looking at you, even when they look at you. Um, 16? Oh, that's close, but you did it. Uh, okay. They, they nice. seem to just take you as one of They kind of dismiss you as soon as you walk in the tent well, and go back just, to what they're I'm doing. I'm going to walk in to like, one of my patients needs greater restoration. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got plenty of greater restorations. They're right over there, and they point over, and you can see a stack of four ciphers. <laughs> grab them all. Okay. <laughs> you grab all four greater restorations. <laughs> And um, I, I walk out the bed camp. Great. Out the bed camp. Uh, meanwhile, on top of the um, on top of the the cast iron sort of container that the Aboleth is in, Thrax now is breathing ice breath. Alan and Jeb are both up there. Uh, Alan clinging for dear life onto Thrax and Howe's leg muscle, like with the scale. He's just like spidered right on there. And Jeb, who's up there on the shoulder, uh, the wind is whipping through your hair and you get a brief moment of silence where Thrax and Howe says, are you friend or food? Uh, Thrax and Howe, we are friend. Actually, we are with, uh, do you remember Fox from a couple days He's ago? He's with me. He's with me. We are friend, not food. <laughs> you with the bright thing. Yes. We want to kill that thing, that fish in the box, too. Ah, the fish is in this box. Yes. <laughs> and then we would his, love to make it a fish sickle. His breath weapon has finished recharging, and he breathes another round of frost breath onto the box. Can I be firing at shadow dragons nearby while this is happening? Just oh, like I'm, I'm glad you say that. As you look to the side, you can see two shadow dragons on either side of the box looking up towards Thrax and Hal. Both of their mouths are open to use their breath weapon. Uh, you may get one attack in before they do it. Are they lined up in such a way that this 60-foot, 5-foot... No, they like are to the left and right of both you, of basically. Them? Like if Thrax and Hal's on a corner, they're they're left and right of him. So you can only hit one of them. Well, if I'm on his shoulder, then whichever shoulder I'm on, I'm going to fire that direction. Sure. You shoot at left dragon. <laughs> okay. And then left dragon needs to make a con save. Yeah, he does. DC 16. Left shark. Left dragon got a 17 on the die. Left shark. All right. Well, that means he takes 29 radiant damage, halved, and then doubled. So 29. <laughs> All right, he takes 29 radiant damage as it blasts into him. His purplish uh, black eyes kind of glitter maliciously, and then he breathes out this <sighs> this kind of ghostly, like purple flame that kind of edges up and it spits over the top of the cast iron and kind of creeps up Thraxenhaus' uh, front leg and a little bit up onto his shoulder. Not quite as high as where you are, but pretty dang close. Um, the dragon's height is is such that it has to fly to keep itself in combat range. So it's not a precise hover. So it can't like get you on top of his shoulder, but it can still hit him kind of at the base of where he's standing. Um, Thraxenhaus is going to make a save. Thraxenhaus succeeds on his save. Um, the, the flames kind of rush up the side, and you see that same kind of gangrene creep up one claw. Uh, or like the the claws on one foot, but it doesn't go any further than that, and none of his scales kind of rot or or fall off. 
Um, but he still like he kind of almost shudders a little bit under the impact of it as on the other side of Thrax and Hal, another one of them breathes the same kind of ghostly purple flame up. They're going to roll to hit. That's a natural 20 to hit Thrax no. and Hal. Uh, Thrax and Hal is going to roll his save. He rolls a natural 20 on his save. Oh, uh, the the dragon breathes out these ghostly flames. Thraxen Hal, uh, faster Building up than, a tolerance, faster than you might have believed possible. Thraxen Hal whips his head over, looks directly into the eyes of the other dragon and exhales ice. And where the ice and the the ghostly purple flames meet, at least in this instance, the ice is overpowering. And so the the purple flames turn into these sort of crystalline shards that fall back into the shadow dragon. You can tell that um, the the dragon seems pretty resistant to this kind of damage, but it still takes some some impact from, from this kind of reversal of its breath weapon. And then Thraxen and how rears up an angry claw and slams it down into the top of the cast iron. We're going to roll tension to see if it opens. It does not. Come out, fish! And he slams on it with his with his foot. Uh, Alan and then Jeb, it will be your turns. I mean, <laughs> Alan is not built for this sort of situation. <laughs> Alan has almost nothing he can do to help what's going on uh because there's no people for him to fight really and he's just hanging on to a leg uh <laughs> i guess uh alan will just try to spend a turn riding himself and getting uh like getting his bearings getting good footing on top of thrax and how again and not being so precarious sure. on alan does that and as you do you see kind of a weird disturbance or flicker in the air above thrax and how uh, can Alan try to like use? Does it seem magical? Could he use Arcana to try to figure sure. out what it is? Yeah, it seems like something might be working on projecting itself into that location. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. On oh, the twenty-two Arcana, can he do? Can he do anything yeah. about it based on that? Uh, I mean, you could get close enough to try and hit it when the projection appears, but um, it hasn't actually arrived yet. Okay. Uh, in that case, Alan will try to Man. get over there and. Uh, maybe pre-rage to just uh sure get get ready for that i yeah. wonder what that could be meanwhile yeah, on the ground fox dressed as a medic carrying four ciphers of greater restoration strolling out of the med tent oh. what are you up to buddy i'm i'm getting the getaway vehicle ready i'm going just I'm like gonna beep, go. beep the cypher truck it comes blasting so through the camp <laughs> yeah <laughs> is that what you're beep, actually beep. doing yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 100%. Uh, you beep beep the cypher truck and it'll take a couple rounds to get to you, but it, you know, it unwedges itself from the forest and then <laughs> kind of launches towards you. Uh we zoom back out to the top. Jeb, it's your turn. Um, I'm going to try and climb up Thraxen on onto Thraxen House head. As you make the climb, you see the same disturbance Alan saw and you see him readying himself. Um, as I'm climbing up do I see any moisture near Thraxenhow's eyes? <laughs> uh, not. He has assumed quite a bit of wounds, and you I'm know just kind of curious. Let's I'm let's roll. Curious. Let's roll for that too, Trevor. I would like you to roll percentile for us and wash the middle. Tw- the middle forty. 
<laughs> a, a dragon a, a dragon can tear up occasionally you know? it's, it's yeah it's so not it's not draconic it's, it? it's not about tears it's about whether they've frozen or not in his in his clouds of ice breath and all the rest of that oh well he's um, been ice breathing a lot so we're gonna you know? do yes yeah, so that's what i'm saying so we're gonna we're gonna give it a 20 percent chance and I, I think he's been ice breathing and, like at least 80 percent of the time jake and, <laughs> no that makes it more icy Ice breath is what? why they're not liquid tears because he breathes out a cloud of ice and it causes all the liquid to crystallize into ice. So it's not, I guess you need a frozen dragon's tear. So actually yes. you're right. Go ahead and roll yeah. with an 80% chance. Jake and we're Cleo, you're going to decide whether I mean, it's the top 80 or the bottom 80. All right, all right. In Josh's defense, I said moisture, like I was liquid tear. I say, <laughs> we say it's the top 80s. Yeah, top they, the top 80s. I was born in the yeah, top yeah. 80s. I born in the top 80s. 80s. Top 80s. Okay. So uh, just don't roll a 20 or below. Whoever is oh, rolling it. Is it a 19? No, it's a 24. It's a Let's 24. Oh, there are some crystallized tears up there by his face. Uh, so are you going to try and like, how are you going to capture them? Um, I mean, if they're crystallized... I'm just going to pick them up for now. Okay. You gonna... grab a tear. It is very, very fragile. Make a dexterity check mm. or a slate of hand if you're trained in it to handle it. Ah, shit. Am <laughs> I trained in slate of hand? I highly no, doubt not. it. No, I'm not. Wait. I mean, wait. He's, a, he's a gambler, though. So. Call back all the way to episode one. Was that? Fox taught him how to pick a lock. And and can he can he take half proficiency? <laughs> I'll give him advantage. I won't give him proficiency. I'll give him advantage. <laughs> That's a great callback. That's pretty great. Jeb having left it. Fox as far as he knows unconscious on the ground of the army. Uh <laughs> it's like what would Fox do in this situation? Probably pass out. <laughs> oh. Um that is an 11. And it was just a DC 10, so you're fine. Right. And it, Okay, now, in my defense, it's September 11th, and it's exactly 11 p.m., and I rolled an 11. Yeah. That, that means something. That's pretty magical. So, that maybe, means yeah. something. I would take that, that excuse to give you the rod of luck, but you have it. So <laughs> <laughs> this is why you have it. Maybe it's because of the rod of luck. Sometimes you wonder if a name shapes a thing or if a thing shapes its name. Uh, mm. you, you unfortunately are not lucky enough with this particular tier. He has multiple tiers. We've established that they are there on his face, but you're going to need to find a way to like store them and transport them as this so, one kind of so shatters like in your hands. Crumble? Yeah, like shatter. Yeah. Okay, interesting. It's like mm. a very thin bubble that's that's got ice around it, you know? Mm. Um, perhaps some some kind of its draconic property is what makes it so difficult to handle. Um, who knows? But as as that's happening... We come around to the turns of Thraxenhaus' foes and and your foes um, as a group here, and so I'm going to roll a tension oh, die. Was that my? I guess that was probably my action. Does my sunbeam still fire off? Oh sure, yeah. Go ahead and hit someone with sunbeam. I don't know how many rounds that lasts, so I'm just going to let you monitor it's that. Ten rounds. Yeah, okay. it's, it's like a no, no. It's ten minutes. Oh what? dang! <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's a minute. Ten it's rounds. a minute. My okay. Bad. Yep. My bad. Okay. Um, 36 damage constitution saving throw at the one on the left shoulder. Yep. Left on the dragon. Left. 
You've been yep. going after Left Dragon this whole time. Not this whole time, but that yeah. Uh, that is a twelve on the Constitution save. So he takes sixty seventy two radiant damage. Seventy two radiant damage. <laughs> you blast into this dragon. Um, its wings are actually fried off by the radiant damage as it kind of like arcs out of the way and it kind of skids along its back. The dragon is still alive, um, barely. It is hanging by its claws on the cast iron. It has like clawed onto the top of it. So its little claws are right near Thraxenhaus feet. Thraxenhaus is going to use a legendary action. He kind of turns his head. It almost looks like he's winking at you. And then he lifts up one of his great huge claws and slams it down on the the feet of Long live the, the other shadow dragon. dragon. Yeah. Uh he just, you know, Scar and Mufasa is this guy and yeah, for sure wins that argument. Um as the <laughs> the shadow dragon falls downwards, Fox, you stroll out of the med tent just in time to see <laughs> a shadow dragon plummet from the top of the 500. They're they're big, but they're still only like 100 feet or, you know, 90 yeah. feet long or whatever. So 500 feet is a pretty huge fall as this thing lands on the ground dissipates into chaos energy and some of the chaos energy doesn't turn into harmless sensory effects some of the chaos energy turns into like big booms uh and somewhere in the distance you feel gunner's spirit soar a little bit um (laughs) as you know like different some stuff catches on fire a little concussive force knocks things over and just you know a little gust of wind probably um blows across your hair or whatever Um, i just nod my head like yeah, things are going well up there. Then um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take this opportunity to cut back to the airship where um, I imagine with their clear view of the battle, uh, Gunner is probably in the cockpit having a heated argument with Bruiser. Um, I I I just think we'd be missing a completely a completely uh, easy opportunity that's been given to us. I still have this, and he holds up a Nomengard grenade, and this, and he holds up a Fragmentation grenade. I think it would be a crime for us not to at least swing over there and let me drop these. You you do realize we're on a plane full of civilians who are not tra- trained to fight in any capacity whatsoever. To be honest, I hadn't really thought about that. Um... <laughs> Like, if it was just you and me, I'd be all for going back and being the heroes of the day. But we have other people we're responsible for getting to safety. I think that's fair. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go run to the back of the ship and try to think about how far I can throw these. (laughs) (laughs) In my mind's eye, I don't know why, but I just imagine like Gunner's just like, you know what? I think that's fair. And just rushes yeah. controls any way to like, <laughs> like no. And then no. uh, when Gunner runs off, uh, Bruiser turns to Radford and Bradford's like, see, this is how we control an airship in a storm. Did you guys get all that? Prior Radford that is argument? like, he's not even paying attention. He's just, I'm so glad you're doing this. They're playing no, checkers. Yeah. Like <laughs> Bradford <laughs> is sitting on the floor cross-legged with Radford. They're playing checkers. Every time there's even a... You. Every time there's even a tiny bit of list in the airship, they complain like you're messing up our game. <laughs> Is cut- there any chance that Gunner can throw either of his of his explosives far enough to do any help in the in the battle? Uh, here's what I'll here's what I'll do, Gunner. <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, you can absolutely try, uh, Gunner. You can if you roll a. <laughs> acrobatics or athletics check 
higher than what is the ceiling for his roles? I want this to be possible. Uh, twenty five is the best he can do with athletics. Okay, acrobatics is twenty two. Okay, outside of a natural twenty. Outside of a natural. If, he, a natural yeah. if he rolls an athletics higher than twenty one, then I'll let him throw that grenade exactly on the point he chooses. Okay, you can say where and when. And like you can decide as we're following the flow of the rest of the fight where Gunner's grenade just lands in the middle of everything. Oh, okay, cool. Twenty-one well, I'm, or I'm higher. Gonna, I'm gonna roll. And is it? Does he only get a chance with one of them? The the Nomengard grenade, or does he get a chance with both? Uh, the fragmentation grenade would do so little damage compared to the okay. scope of the battle that it only makes sense with the Nomengard. Okay, sounds good. I love how this is like a preemptive oh. ocean. Yeah. Don't tell me you got a non-nat 20. He has an inspiration. He's going to re-roll. I got a nat 1. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that you re-rolled because yeah. a nat 1 was go going into in the, the ship. ship. Yeah, That's only a 16. It did not make it. Okay. Uh, somewhere a, like a little family of snakes or something is having a very <laughs> bad afternoon um, <laughs> as the, or morning. As the, as the battle rages on, we cut back to uh, Jeb. And folks, there's what's left. I think one more of the enemy dragons has has an attack on Thrax and How, and then we're back to hero turns. It's gonna roll. Roll poorly. It did roll poorly. Uh, it is its breath weapon doesn't recharge in time for this, and so it's not able to make another attack. Um, yeah, that is the hero's turn. Don't forget your sunbeams. What are you doing, small creature? I would like, please, to have one of these really cool tears for, like, I'm a magic guy, and it looks like it's got magic in it, and could I have one, please? They're Darks just so does not cry. I'd like, to, I'd like to worship it. Worship is nice. <laughs> Roll persuasion with advantage. <laughs> does not cry, but worship is nice. <laughs> that is a natural one. No, and a natural twenty. What? 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 A rod of luck. Let's go. Uh, Thraxon, I was like, worship is nice. You may have, and he like you know stops moving for a second to make it easier. So this will give you advantage on however you're going to try and carry the tier. Use the use okay. this well. <laughs> uh, you can devise other methods. You don't have to use yeah. sleight of hand. Uh, loaded into a loaded into a a a, a shell. How, yeah. How how big are they? Or how do I do I know how big it needs to be? They're probably like half the size of Jeb. Like just oh, based on how big a dragon's head is and its eyes and everything. Well, how much do we need? Yeah, that's a good point. You just need one, a frozen dragon's tear. And that's does any half amount the size of Jeb? Could could you have one that's small enough to put in a in a in a shell? And does that count as a tear? Uh, I don't know. The ones that Thraxenhow has are not that small. Okay. You can't just break um out of that Kit Kat bar. <laughs> Dang it. Kit Kat tears. It's just like Kit Kat beer. <laughs> Break me off a piece of that frozen tear. Um, Pause. Take a frozen tear break. Okay. I can... I have a thing, but I'm going to have to drop the sunbeam to do it. Oh. And I don't want to do that, but we're here for the tear. We're here for the tear. He's letting you do it right now. I'd say be greedy. I'd say... 
roll another sleight of hand and at advantage. Fox pops up on your shoulder. <laughs> a little, a little <laughs> and, fox shoulder, Angel. And 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 just keep sunbeaming away. I will say Thank you very much, sir. Let's kill this dragon first. Like let's kill this abomination first. Is that okay? Does he like look okay about that, or does he look kind of like talking to Thraxen now? Yeah. Josh is kind of quiet and is making me a little uncomfortable. I'm thinking. I know you're thinking. It's way harder for me to put myself in the mind space of the like animal cunning character than it is for any of my other like I can have low intelligence characters I I think he probably could be persuaded to do this I I don't think Jeb would actually push that I I think that that's me trying to min max things and I don't like that can I can I retcon that yep um Jeb is going to drop the sunbeam okay and he is going to because there's only one dragon left right there's only one dragon left yeah one dragon left um, and I'm going to cast reduce on the, uh, good idea uh, tier. And so it's going to shrink it down to half size, which would be a quarter of Jeb size. And I would imagine that that would like remove it from there as well. Yeah. It kind of um, like pops off yeah. his eye. So he's, uh, so he's just going to like put his hands on it, like hold it underneath like a basketball mm-hmm. duct taped to a tree. And he's just going to be like, and sure. Roll slave hand with triple it. advantage. Oh, you! I burns my. I, I let go of my sunbeam, and you're still roll for it. Oh, okay, that's okay. I love you. I appreciate you. You brought me a lot. <laughs> high power of, uh, games, high power stakes. You, you brought me a, a lot of ginger ale. I did get you twenty four <laughs> ginger ales, and you drank. I kid you not, eighteen of them over that hey, weekend. No, hey, I probably had six of those. So he okay, probably had, he had a dozen. 12. I probably had six. Okay, yeah. all right. Twelve is a respectable number. <laughs> 12. Um, I'm gonna get is, some on Amazon when I when I get the chance. Seventeen. That's enough, right? That's enough, totally. The Play tear the bows a little bit in your hands, and then bows back uh, out and holds its shape. Jeb uh, is now holding the tear, and then it shattered. <laughs> well, you're you're still standing on Thraxenhow, so you probably want to not be doing that soon. Um, um, but you yeah, have the tear in your possession. I, yeah, it's not like wrap it in your bedroll. Do something to pad it. I, if I press it, it's gonna crush though. Like, like does it does it feel like? Because you said it was like yes, a bubble. It's, it's hollow. hollow. It's like a bubble. So it's like we need to be ginger. We don't need to be like. I'm gonna roll a uh, uh, tension die. I, I can, feel can so I alive. <laughs> Can I cast another spell, please? Uh, I don't know if you can do that this turn. I, I don't, but I really want to. Alan, what <laughs> do you want to do this turn? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, can I give Jeb my uh, turn, DM? Can you can he, like, <laughs> uh, not do okay, If Jeb says that in Jeb's voice, it's going to be far less persuasive. <laughs> uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Let me, uh, well, look up what one like, of my spells does. Let me look it's like up what Fox one of my showing up in a brand new car going, we found an angel investor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did, did my sunbeam go off this round as well? Oh, no. 
Wow. I, yeah, I dropped, you dropped it. it. Yep. Yep. Hold on. I told uh, you not to. No, it's it's fine. It's fine. This this is important. Important just, enough to the, the break. Dropped a seventh level spell for it. Oh no, it's on level. yourself. It's not against other people. Uh, it's not on other people. Uh, I thought maybe you could cast shield on someone else, but it's only on yourself. No, shield's a reaction for yourself. Uh, okay. Um. Well, okay, hold on. The uh, the uh, the uh, Aboleth hasn't appeared yet, right? Uh, it is going to fade into visibility this turn. So if you want to just like delay your action and hit it when it shows up, you can do that. Okay, yeah, that's out. That's Alan's intent. Cool. Uh, Fox down on the ground. You're waiting on the car. It's not here yet. Are you doing anything else or just waiting on the car? I'm gonna. It's going to come to me no matter what, right? Yeah, no it'll come to the key. All right, I'm just going to, like, move next to something that looks important. <laughs> <laughs> just find a dead person to operate on real quick. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty of wounded around. I'll just be, like, rushing around, and I just, I'll, I'll look for something important to, like, stop and think about where I should go. Sure. Uh, roll investigation. Yeah. Maybe perception. This is probably a perception because you're rushing. 16. 16. Uh, you find uh, a number of important looking things, but most importantly, you find a bank of those arcane batteries. <laughs> I'm just going to stand probably about like, I'm going to think about where this car is coming from. And I'm going to stand about, 60 feet away from the bank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, great. The Aboleth fades into visibility, triggers Alan's delayed action. Alan, Alan it is, is right above to, you. Melee range. Alan is going to use his last rage, so it's going to do the lightning damage, so it has to make a dex save. Uh, DC 15. Um, and then he's going to do the double attack. 19 on the die for the dex save. Okay, so that that makes it the lightning strikes, but it misses, or somehow the Aboleth jukes it. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It probably hasn't finished materializing. Like, Alan's a little too eager, you know? And so it, like, hasn't actually occupied the space yet. Nat 20 on one of the attacks and 22 on the other attack. Both hit. So the Nat 20 attack does... Oh, I rolled min damage for a Nat 20 attack. That's awesome. Uh, so that's seven plus. Describe the oh, attack I... for flavor. It's it's projecting itself, so you're gonna dispel it. Basically, it's not gonna be able to try and enslave anyone. Okay, that's that's great. Uh, I rolled min damage for everything, which wow. is hilarious. So Alan, um, like maybe just the very tip of his sword hits it. <laughs> yeah, Alan will like. It's like okay, he's a little over eager on the rage lightning strike, but then when the Aboleth appears, um. He like does this like impressive like very rehearsed like two slice like kind of move with it with his hands, um, but somehow the Aboleth has projected itself just at the distance where only the tip of the blade hits. Nice, it. and it does uh, the thirteen damage total. Awesome. Uh, three things happen at once. Thraxen Howe rears up on his hind legs um, and slams both of his front legs down on the top of the cast iron. And it shatters like the front corner of it shatters. 
Fraxen how flares his wings out to catch himself. Um, but the, the cast iron is wrecked. Jeb, I'm going to need a dexterity save to protect the tier you're holding. You're being really ginger and protective of it. So I'm going to give you advantage. Um, I'm assuming you've, you know, maneuvered yourself to somewhere cause you knew he was doing this where you could, you could protect it pretty hardcore. Uh, okay. I, I want like this for this. you. I, mm. you dropped a seventh level spell for this, this, this. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. Yeah. Can I can, can I cast a spell instead? <laughs> mm, if it doesn't have any somatic components, your hands are full. That's true. Let me look it up real quick. It does not. Okay. I'll allow it. So so Jeb has holstered Big Boy and I guess holstered his blunderbuss and is holding this thing yeah. in his hands. Like a bioskate ball. And uh, like a song echoing out through the night that Fox maybe recognizes and hears. Uh, he says, Magic tunnel. <laughs> Magic tunnel. <laughs> and I'm going to cast Magic Tunnel and transport. I'm going to hum along. Can I hear where he is and Magic Fox Tunnel is? to Fox? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think you have any way of knowing okay. where Fox is. Um, well, I'm going to survey the ground for a, a place that is inconspicuous. And What's I'm the going range? to magic 500 feet. Oh, perfect. And, we, and okay. I am on Thraxen House's yeah. shoulders. So. so you're probably going to appear like two feet above the ground or whatever, but like that's fine. Yeah. Um, so maybe you time it with when he slams into the into the cast iron so that you're at ground level. So sure, you appear on the ground. <laughs> Just as it's slow motion, he's like, hurrah. Just like magic tunnel. <laughs> you appear on the ground. Uh, Trevor, roll a d4. Jake, roll a d4. If they match, you appear at the corner that Fox is at. Nice. Two. You said a two? Another two? I got a four. Ah, uh, you are not okay. at the same corner as Fox. Um, but Fox does hear the song echoing out in the night. There is a third thing that happens, however. The third thing is that the cypher truck blasts through a bank of arcane <laughs> batteries. Gunner, standing on the back of an airship, having just thrown his Nomengard grenade, hears a huge explosion and sees something off in the camp. I think Gunner has no way of knowing that that was not his grenade. <laughs> Gunner does like a big fist pump. He's like... Yes, I did my part. <laughs> and then he like saunters back uh, to where uh, Bruiser is and just like is like happy and Look, ready to I'm assist. I'm telling you guys, I can't stop the, the chessboard from moving when I turn the airship. What? We, oh yeah physics i, I love right. that we i love that we just basically resolved gunner's character <laughs> what's left for him after this um, uh gunner like retires in the countryside and blows up mountains for a living uh 
Uh, okay, so we we zoom back now to where Owlin, standing alone on Thraxenhau's head, is... And, and he saw uh, the teleport, <laughs> not teleportation, but yeah. magic tunneling of Jeb go away. Owlin <laughs> leans forwards. You can see Jeb standing on the ground, humming to himself, trying to look inconspicuous, <laughs> holding a frozen dragon's tear. Enlarge reduce is not concentration, up. is it? Sorry? Enlarge or reduce is not concentration, is it? It is concentration, but it lasts for like a minute. Yeah, but don't wouldn't your magic tunnel have broken your concentration? It is not a concentration spell. Oh, okay, okay, great. Um, so believe me, I checked. Uh, yeah. If Alan, okay, so Alan has a five hundred foot drop. He does. To um, how has he taken that much fall damage before? I'm trying to remember how much that is. Uh, <laughs> That's well, terminal velocity. Yeah, fall That's damage caps velocity. at twenty d six, right. so right. you'd be taking twenty d six of fall damage. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. And he's wow. this turn. He's raging. So like, if I he know, wants to do I, it, well, I know. Because uh, at that, okay. Oh, the worst that could happen to him is to go unconscious if he's raging. If if all, don't you have? Doesn't he have a barbarian thing where, like, if you fall unconscious while you're raging? Uh, <laughs> I like really want this ability to exist. Uh, no, I don't. I don't see that as an as something I've written down at least. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Alan might just say "screw it," and he's done this before. Well, no, he could take he could take a he could take an injury. He took a he took an injury last time this yeah. happened. So uh, <laughs> if I if I can. You at eleventh level, you should have something called relentless rage, which means. Have, but he's multi-classed. I am multi-classed. He's not eleven levels of barbarian. Is. Okay, yeah. okay, my bad, my bad. Um, I am multi-classed. So, uh, instead, uh, oh, okay. Here's what Alan's going to try to do. He is going to if he if he gets off if he like takes some takes some movement to get off of Thraxen How but onto the okay. Is it possible for him to get off of Thraxen How, use his great sword, which is his not his scimitar of speed, like so he's not risking destroying his uh, scimitar of speed. Use his great sword to kind of stab it into the side of the cube and let that like just into like, cast iron. Down. I mean, he can try. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you have a you have a green flame blade locked in there. Oh, I do. You can give it a go. Would Green Flame Blade give it a better chance, maybe? I don't Somehow? think so. Uh, what about a magic weapon? Would a scimitar of speed theoretically be able to pierce cast iron better? Uh, here's what here's what I'll tell you. Okay. I will give you advantage on the check with the scimitar of speed, but the risk will be that the scimitar of speed irreparably breaks if yeah. you... Uh, if you get it wrong. So this is an, a, a high risk, high reward situation here for Alan. But if he yeah. pulls it off, like he'll pull it off the whole way down. Okay. Whoa. And then, but the great sword would not get advantage. No, the great sword would not get advantage. Right, we've fallen a mile. Okay. Just saying Alan is feet. Alan is going to use the great sword and not the cinematar of speed. Okay. Um, and is going to attempt to leap off of the dragon and stab the great sword into the cast iron. Kind of check is that is that athletics? You're gonna make an attack. Attack. All right. Yeah. That's totally fine. That's the same roll. 
And you're oh, not trying boy. to like pierce it, are you? You're trying to like scratch it into it and like drag, like have it slow you going down. That would uh, need pier- it to pierce it. Yeah, for piercing that to work. would be great. Piercing would be incredible. Mm. Yeah. The DC is high. Okay. Well, Owlin is capable. But so is my confidence in Owlin. That's a twenty-three. I set the DC at twenty-two. Owlin stabs what into is- the side of it uh, with his Let's with his go. sword. You have stabbed into the cast iron. Now there is another component to this, um, which is that you've now stabbed into the cast iron to slow your fall. You need to find that angle where like it continues cutting so that you fall slowly instead of stopping 300 feet in the air. Um, I think this is probably a sword master's intuition. And so I would accept survival um, with a little bit of engineering. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think I would accept. I don't think I would accept an artificer type check because he's not using artificer tools. Um, but maybe but would, it's an intelligence survival check. Oh, yeah, I could see that. I would take intelligence survival for this. Okay, I w- yeah. I will take that any day. I appreciate the advocacy. Wash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm here for the the other four guys. Yeah. That is a 25. A 25. Alan finds that angle he needs, and he rides the sword down the cast iron the whole way down to the ground. Uh, the, the cypher truck is there and waiting. Fox back in his home base in the, uh, in the, in the, mm-hmm. the driver's seat of the cypher truck, which Alan always drove because the one time Fox drove it, he scratched it on the walls of Tumbleweb. <laughs> uh, Fox is in the driver's seat. I guess this time he scratched it on a bank of arcane batteries. It's like scorched all up the sides. You know, it's all, you know, it's, it's dinged and scratched happen. from the trees that you wedged it between when you arrived and now it's all scorched and whatever, or the bruiser wedged it between. Uh, so now you have your cipher truck. Are you all just bailing? You're on your way out. Yeah, I think it's just. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm looking to pick up Jeb, and we're getting we're getting the we, hell out of here. We have the tier. Do we have the tier? Uh, Are we out of initiative? You need to get to Jeb, which takes. Where I'm not going to put you in combat, combat, but I'm going to do two more tension die to see if okay. Jeb is jostled or accosted. So, so here's the thing. I would like to do something that probably would circumvent that. Okay. I, it looks like it, it. It looks like from the tension die, we're fine. Okay. Yeah. So they the the truck. It's just like driving around the cube. Alan's like, I know he's around here somewhere because uh, <laughs> I saw him when I leaned over. So you're like driving around. You finally come to a stop in front of him, directly above you. Thrax and Howe is still arced over the arched over the edge of the the corner where he broke the the thing and he's reaching his neck is kind of expanded inside his voice reverberating around the 500 uh, foot cast iron tub. Come out fishery. Uh, just kind of <laughs> looking around in there. You hear an ice breath kind of gush outwards. Um, you, you all successfully escape. I'm going to resolve the combat between Thrax and how and the Abeleth in like, wins. Yeah, we're going to do it in. How does two legendary people fight this was this one we're going to resolve with four opposed roles and they're just going to be straight d20s because i think it honestly is a toss-up between whether thrax and how is enslaved or killed or whether thrax and how gets like just powers through and kills the aboleth so what's going to happen is each of you is going to roll a d20 oh and i'm going to roll four d20 and we're Do we know see. who we're rolling for each of us? Oh, uh, oh, oh! I I'm gonna we're, so we're I'm gonna roll. Yeah, you're all rolling on Thrax and Howe's behalf, and I'm gonna roll on okay. the Aboleth's behalf. 
Um, and <laughs> all right. we'll go in reverse order. So Jake's going to be the last, the last roll, and Wash will be the first. All right, here we go. All right, Wash. The first Aboleth roll. Yep, the first Aboleth roll is. Oh, it's a five on the die. How to? Uh, who wins the first? The first round of this. Fourteen. Let's go. Fourteen. All right. So Thra- and just to clarify, Thraxen how needs these four wins to win. He needs uh, all four. Uh, yes. Because there's an army supporting Aboleth? the Aboleth. Okay. Um, and one more shadowy dragon. He is outnumbered. Trevor, you're rolling against a three. <laughs> and outgunned. Let's go. 16. Okay. Thraxen now has won two rounds. Fox. Don't have an aneurysm, Cleo. Uh, right. That, hang on. That's, that's, I'm going to very slowly drag this to the center to see which number is on top because it was far enough down that it's hard to tell. At 12? I, th- I think it's the 12 on top. We're going right. to go with 12. I just want to say, I'm, I'm currently juggling in my hand, right? Oh, okay. Here comes the roll. Great. Um, I this this dice has been rolling high and low all night. Thraxen has got to so, beat a twelve. Got to beat that it's twelve. It's really a toss up. Got to beat that twelve. It does not beat it at twelve. It didn't uh, beat the twelve. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, okay, no. so the fight the fight is lost. Jake, your role is going to determine whether Thraxen how dies or is enslaved. Okay, uh, I rolled one. I yeah. rolled a nine. Okay, I haven't rolled yet for for okay. the Aboleths. What do you guys want? Which one is worse? Do you think? Probably uh, enslavement in, is worse. Enslaved right? is worse. What, what, enslaved what, what, is worse. Wait, wait, wait. Is it? I mean, I uh, all it takes is a bop, and bam. I will say it's probably a lot harder to bop a dragon's AC than it is to bop like a humanoid's AC. Yes, not for Jeb. I'm rolling. The Abolus rolled I, I, I saw the an eleven. One almost. Well, you yeah. So Josh, you decide because I got a nine. Okay, so the worst outcome happens. I think that's probably. Uh, I think that's probably uh, his enslavement because he has a say, bunch well, of knowledge. Yeah. It's so, up to it's up to you. I would say like the the way I was thinking about it is like well if if I rolled higher then we decide what we think is better versus mm. you decide what you think is worse. If you well, then I'm going to decide what I think is better for the story. I think it's good for go. the story if he's enslaved. Um, da, da, da. So as you're driving away, pelting off towards Stonefield, you see the fight behind you like die down. And so you turn around, you see Thraxen how lift his head victoriously out of the, the cast iron. And then you see him hop down and curl up docile like a cat um, at the at the base of the cast iron um, cast iron cube. And then you uh... drive off towards Stonefield and towards whatever awaits you next luckily bruiser has successfully piloted the airship over there uh, and to tune to a rod and attuned to a rod um and so the airship is able to successfully land it has to use reverse thrust since the wood is buoyant like you're actually burning energy to get the the ship down to where it's landing um but you are now uh, able to regroup what do you do with the cypher truck because it definitely doesn't fit on the airship it doesn't. I mean, we we made this airship able to fit all the monks. And no, you lot. didn't though. It's over full. I oh. guess it's barely full because some of them stayed behind, but it's still at max capacity. And I don't think mm. we had time to build like a cargo bay big enough to fit the cipher truck. Um. 
every time we take it, it feels like <laughs> the fates are always wanting us to leave it behind. But it's always been there for us. You could you could split like maybe you could send Bruiser and um and Gunner to take it to Gaim, and then the and and Radford and the three. Well, Radford's probably gonna want to stay on the airship. Maybe Jeb goes back to Gaim with them. Um, Could we just keep beeping the cipher truck and have it follow us? Uh, no, beep, I don't think so. Beep, um, at beep, some point, you'll be out of range. Like just that's with as high as That's such a good idea, eyes. though. That's like that's the best <laughs> idea of this entire it. campaign. You, you know just what? Spam it. Yeah. How about this? I'll let you roll for it. Um, <laughs> if the ship owner should consider bags of holding for ballast in cases where the ship has no power but needs to land. Okay, uh, that's a good idea, chat. Um, if idea. bags of holding were working, that's that would be like totally <laughs> ideal. Um, all right. Who's it was Trevor's idea, I think, right? So Trevor's yeah. gonna roll for it. Yep. Um, Trevor, you need to roll a 19 or higher cool. on a d20, 19 or 20. Okay. Um, because what's happening is you're stretching the range, but Elaine Mollusk is good at stuff, and like yeah. maybe it'll work anyway. Uh, Can we say sadly a 10. Can we say if it, do, it since it didn't work, we're just like ah, it's not working, and I'd I'd still say we have a chance to like do something with it rather than just abandon it. Sure. I mean, like like we said, we could split up. Where I mean, me and Gunner could go, or if you want me on the airship, someone else can drive. Bruiser should stay on the airship probably, so that Trevor has a player or a character yeah. to yeah. play. Um, but if the others, if if um jake and wash if you want to send like just pick one of your characters to keep playing and send the other one onto Gaim with the cypher truck that might actually be a good idea yeah gunner will go on the cypher truck all right gunner all right all right so don't watch this bit and oh and make sure you it, it, i know i scratched it up but like don't worry try not to get it any worse. Take, we'll take care of it i'm gonna go with him it's fine okay Fox, thank I, you. I was on this thing for like two months with you <laughs> i i know but i'm i'm not there you know <laughs> but yeah you i guess me do all the repairs you acted like you do you worked on it yeah. i didn't say i worked yeah. on it i just say i love it um in Jeez, in yeah. our travel time to uh stonefield uh jeb has cast fabricate and has made essentially like turned uh a bunch of dirt into this really soft and and uh porous loam um that he has put into a box and has the uh the tear stashed inside of it so it's kind of like cool yeah who is sandy loam and why is she a hundred feet below me (laughs) And on that note, tonight's Dungeons & Dragons <laughs> session comes to a close. 